Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who, who who do I have with me here? What's up, guys? It's Devin here, aka Paranoid Coder. What's up, man? Oh, I'm I'm doing I'm doing all right. How yeah. are you doing? Doing good. Ready for another episode of Mod Chat for sure. Yes, yes. Very and hyped. You're, uh, everyone say prayer for Devin. You're, you're a little bit under the weather now, aren't yeah, that's you? That's right. I almost forgot to mention that is true. So I'm gonna be a little nasally. Um, you might even see me dab a little bit. Dab. Not d- dab not the dance. Yeah, some Lily, tissues. I, I gave him a bag to put all his dirty tissues in. Lily tried to eat them. Yeah, like tried. thirty seconds ago, unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully, thankfully. Tried. Yeah, yeah, unsuccessfully. But yeah, it looks like we also have a a guest here as well too. Really? We do. We do. I think so. No. Yeah. Hello, this is uh, MVG. I'm back. I was here. Uh, when was I here last? Like four months ago, maybe or three it, months ago. It was ago. three or four months ago. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Has it been that long? It has been that long. It's been a minute. I know. But I would uh, say that's too long. Thanks for asking me to come back, guys. I uh, really enjoyed the last time I was on, and I'm sure we're going to have an awesome show tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely welcome on. Thank you for accepting the invitation on here. And yeah, I absolutely. think at this point, how is MVG the, the guest we've had on the most? Probably, yeah. Okay. I don't think there's anyone that's been on. This is the third time, right? Third, yes, I would yeah. say. MVG, this is your third time on here? It's my third time, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yep. I think Kiwi might have beaten that maybe i think he's fourth so we, we need to have you on two more times i guess sounds good <laughs> before we get too far into it the mod shop already coming through with a ten dollar donation jeebus yeah thank Damn. you so much mod so, shop we absolutely appreciate it. we don't deserve it but we appreciate it i hope that we like uh i hope this episode is worth it we've got a jam-packed list of stuff yeah um, i think this is the most topics that we've had on here which is also kind of scary because we also have a guest on and i even right. i i almost <laughs> considered deferring the guest because i was like well when we have a guest on we automatically tack on another 30 45 minutes and it's the most topics i think we've had like maybe ever yeah well possible. I'll, tr- I'll try to keep it moving along with you guys because i know we've got a ton of stuff to get through tonight Nah, it's all good. Absolutely. It's all good. And uh, before we get too far into it, um, if anyone saw the last episode with MVG, it was a little bit uh, choppy. It had some issues um, during recording and upload. So uh, like we've done for the last couple of weeks, we've tried to do a couple extra things to mitigate this. And uh, you and MVG also did a test run before this. So I think we should be in good shape for all this, right? Exactly. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, and it looks like there's been no complaints on chat so far about it, uh, aside from Fresh Beats thinking that this is pre-recorded, so the fact that I said that, just dismiss that claim. Ha-ha. There we go. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just that much of a wizard. I don't know. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. But either way, yeah, no, we, we, we've done some upgrades to the setup here. I might, I might talk about it later on in the show, but uh, I think the best thing to do for these people here would be to get straight into these topics. What do you all yes. think? We definitely need to get it moving. All right. So who uh, who wants to grab this first one here? Uh, I can I can start off with this one if you if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, go for it. Go ahead. Yeah. Because uh, I was actually messing around with this the other day. So this is the um, so this is a switch talk. So we, we we you know we're starting off on the front foot talking about the switch as always because there's so much switch news that that keeps just coming up all the time. But this is the custom themes stuff that's been out for probably the last i'll say three weeks or so but now with a modded uh switch you can have the ability to install custom themes which is actually really awesome i've been playing around with this um on my switch and it works really well but one thing i will say is and i don't know guys have you have you guys installed custom themes at all on your switches no, I looked a lot into this myself. I haven't actually tested it out, but I looked uh, 
I looked at this thread and I looked at the kind of uh, what is mentioned as the official discussion thread where they say how to kind of get into it and hack around. So um, I've looked deeply into it, but I haven't actually tried it. How about you, Mr. Mara? Have you have you installed any th- custom themes? No, I I haven't. <clears throat> I've seen a lot of people make some amazing looking themes. Big shout out to Red the Trainer. He has made some beautiful themes that I've yeah. been seeing on Twitter. I've been jealous, but I haven't. I just haven't set up any. Yeah, it's really simple to do. There's nothing really to it. All you need to do is basically drop your theme file into a specific folder on your SD card, and Renix and uh, SXOS have their own way of loading those themes into you know into i guess into memory when you boot up your switch but uh, it's a really cool it's, it's a really cool feature and hopefully nintendo you know takes note of this and actually provides an official way to do this one thing i will say is i'm running 5.02 and stability is a little shaky sometimes like if you actually have a switch theme installed sometimes you will get some random crashes some homebrew may not load properly and the fix is always remove the theme and everything will work again <laughs> now i don't know on on six it whether it's it's been resolved or if it works better the way that themes are loaded in um firmware six actually is a little different than firmware 502 which i thought was interesting but um yeah, hopefully, you know, Nintendo gets behind this and actually puts it in a, a feature of firmware going forward. Yeah, at this point, I'm surprised they haven't released anything in the store even. I thought it was kind of a good sign that they released both a light and a dark theme at launch. Uh, so it seems like they kind of have things prepped for it to an extent, but... Um yeah, I don't. I haven't heard of anything official from Nintendo at all. I think it'd be kind of cool to see like what we saw with the PSP scene, where people were hacking up the files directly, kind of like this, and making their own themes. Um, that might have been a little more direct on there, but then Sony ended up just releasing their own theme loader and such. And yeah. I think in Japan they re- released a theme creator. Interesting. And really? then later on they did it. And it wasn't nearly as robust as Flash Zero themes, but it was still really cool where you could just download a file and load it directly through the XMB w- without even having a modified system. Yeah, I did play around with some of those uh, official ones. I wasn't ever too thrilled with them, but I didn't go out of my way to get anything. Mm-hmm. For, for some stuff that was simple, like my favorite was just having like all the icons be black. I'm like, oh, I don't need to modify Flash Zero file for this. I'll just load right. in one of these themes on here and it works. And it didn't crash as much as other Flash Zero modified themes just because of that but yeah it's really cool uh if you do have a modified switch check it out i know I'm, i know a lot of people actually are running custom themes and why not because like you said there's some really good ones out there that's worth checking out for sure yeah before we move on from it uh, i do want to mention a couple things um i believe unless things have changed correct me if i'm wrong but i, I don't believe that xs or sxos is uh, supported right now um i personally haven't seen it for uh, themes yeah on it the is. main threat it is did, yeah, they, oh yeah. did sxos get an update for that um it's been i'm running 2.1 so it probably has but okay. um I, I was messing around with it and it works fine it, it's it's the same theme files but you just put them in different folders so renix has its own folder where you you drop in your theme file and then sxos has its own folder but the result is the same. But you're probably right. I think they, they just incorporated them recently in either 2.1 or maybe, you know, 2.0. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's good to hear then. Because um, when this came out, it looks like it was actually not supported. So that's that's good to hear that they are keeping up with that. 
Um, I don't know if you guys have heard much about it, but I did see mention on uh, one of these forum posts that a home menu editor is on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, an actual like homebrew application of some kind or something. Uh, I did see that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you guys know a whole lot of what that actually entails. I just know as much as you do on that. Right. <laughs> so I don't I'm know sure if that's just like very simple modifications, like being able to change the background color to like whatever you want, perhaps, and a couple other things. So, yeah, because um, I mean, right now it's it's really just a background image, um, mm-hmm. you know, that you apply. So you can't actually change the white or the or the dark actual colors. So I think what you're talking about is something that gives you more granularity in order to, mm-hmm. you know, change the colors and potentially change your icons and change your fonts and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, MVG, since you've been messing with this, maybe you would know, um, when this first came out, they had mentioned that it actually technically wasn't legal to distribute the um, theme files because of some of the the way they were modifying things, but they had been working on a way to actually do this legally with maybe some kind of a patch file. Do you know if that's still the case? I don't really know about the legalities of this. the, you know, when you download a theme, it's like a compressed file. And I haven't really taken the time to go through the, the different files that it comes with. But you're probably right in that there is probably some proprietary Nintendo stuff in there that does some magic. So I, I would not be surprised. But the short answer is I'm not really, you know, too familiar with the legal, the legal side of it, I guess. So Sure. Just yeah. something to keep in mind now. That was on their main forum post. I don't know if it's anything too much to worry about as an end user, but... Uh... Just something to, I guess, keep in mind. Hopefully they get that out soon, whether it's some kind of a patching system or some other way of applying these things. Um, But yeah, something to keep in mind for now. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Should we go ahead and uh, move on to the next topic here? Yeah, I think so. All right. So have either of you messed with the uh, NES Switch Online emulator or the thing that's available in the service? I actually got it downloaded. I got Nintendo Switch Online. Um, I did not get Nintendo Switch Online. Yep, I got it. I got my game saves backed up and everything. That was kind of my first thing I wanted to make sure I got done. And I have not tried the NES emulator yet. All right. MVG, what about you? uh, I I did. Uh, So I got the seven days for free and I thought I would dabble with it. So yeah, I've been playing around with it. Um... I tried it out for the first couple of nights when the Switch Online stuff went live. Played around with it, thought it was cool, and then kind of just forgot about it after that. Right on. It's really just, you know, as far as I know, and I'm not 100% on this, but as far as I know, they've taken exactly the same emulator from the NES Classic and applied it to the Switch code. Really? So that has been confirmed it's, it's not Flog that's on there? I, I know they removed Flog several updates ago. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but one thing that really just was apparent to me was when I first ran a couple of the NES games, I went to the options menu and I saw the graphics filters. It had the 4x3, the Pixel Perfect, and the CRT with exactly the same you know, UI, UX display as what's on the NES Classic. And I was like, did they just lift the same emulator and just <laughs> use it, you know, recompile it for the Switch? So... I don't know you know i can't rule that out i guess i mean can you blame them i guess if it works right. yeah. yeah it's a good yeah it's it's a good emulator too i mean it works very I mean, very well yeah they use it for the nintendo classic and the super nintendo classic and why not put it on the switch well those things have a <laughs> lot less power than the switch so if it works that smoothly over there it has such good performance if they can recompile it without any kind of concerns about performance on the platform exactly 
Yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, what the main thing about this is, is uh, there is now, so in short, if you have a, if you have this available and you have a modified switch, you are able to simply either swap out the games that are on there or you can add more games to your library. And most of them work pretty well from what I understand. So there is to make this a little easier. There's a NES online game injector from Body XY. Now I myself have not tried this out again because I'm the only person out of the three here who doesn't have the Nintendo Switch Online service. I've downloaded the app. I don't have the service. Um, but this is just to make everything a little bit easier. But I think it was within the first few hours this went online, people figure out how to at minimum swap out the games. So you pick a game and it plays Battletoads. Like that literally what ha- that's literally what happened. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I'm not too surprised that this came out just but I I'm a little bit surprised that it came out so quick. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. I mean, so, that, that's a funny thing. Oh, sorry to cut you off, MG. I was going to say, that's just been the funny thing with, uh, I've seen several other people online saying not only like this was hacked up within a few hours, but even when there's new games coming out within hours, they're modded. There's people doing texture swaps or either game save mods, whatever it is, just because we have full access to the system now. Yeah. So why don't you have the uh, Switch Online, Mr. Mario? I don't play... I. I haven't cared about the game save backup as much so far, which I probably should. And um, I don't play online multiplayer at all. So what's going to happen... What's going to happen is when whenever um, Smash comes out, my brothers, because I, I got them a copy of it and I'm getting a copy of it, they're probably going to beg me to get Switch Online and I'll probably just get like the family plan or something for that. That's actually but, what I got. Right on. Yeah. Uh, can you use it on multiple systems? Yeah. Yes. You can, okay. so... Yeah, so I, I got the family plan. I didn't even know there was a family plan. Uh, I missed that, and when I was going to go buy it, I got it for my brother and I. And uh, I just literally like uh, put in his email or username, and it sent him an email, and he accepts it, and then he's got Switch Online just like that. Cool. All so right. Super easy. I'm gonna, definitely yeah. going to do that. Then I'll yeah. save my five bucks because it's like twenty dollars for one account for a year, or thirty five for family plan. Yep. So, yep. Right on. It's definitely worth checking out. I mean. You know, I, I do understand the what you're saying as far as it doesn't really offer you anything new to the table, but for something like Smash, I mean, it's it's almost a no-brainer, really, to get it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Really, at this point, it's how soon are my brothers going to bug me to play online, and the sooner yeah. they do, the sooner I'll purchase the, the service. But until then, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, so uh, I, I think this is really cool in general, but are you guys actually that interested in using something like this, considering... Uh, I mean, does does this? I, I presume that you still, or maybe you do. do you need a uh, a hacked switch to use this tool, or does this work on stock? I mean, no, no I mean, you you do have to still like have a way of loading in that code and everything. That's what I thought. So you still so, like, need a modified switch. You know, yeah. if I'm going to be like trying to play classic games like this, especially NES games, I guess I would rather do it on something with like RetroArch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is nifty. I think this is really cool. But are you guys actually that interested in doing something like this? Um, my myself, I think it's cool, but I probably wouldn't do it just because I'm like I primarily like my hack switch. I'm going to keep it completely offline. I'm not right. going to have a subscription on there or anything. That's kind of so, what I was thinking as well. Yeah, I would go more the retro arch route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's definitely very interesting that this has happened. But you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, there is other ways of playing nes games or nes roms on a on a hacked switch which you know retro watch is probably the the best way to do it 
you have a lot less hassle to like load in your games. I mean, maybe this has some kind of like stylistic appeal with the way it presents it the games. It does look really nice. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, but more options are you know good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty cool. For sure. Anything else in that, or should we no, move on? I'm good. Let's let's move on. So I might jump on this one. I had saw this and I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, not that surprising, but someone was actually able to do a NAND upgrade on the Switch. Uh, and I believe they actually loaded it with 128 gigabytes of flash memory, which is yes, pretty sweet. Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I guess the Switch uses a pretty standard like eMMC NAND chip stuff that you can buy in China very easily. Um, and it actually, I read through the entire article and how he was able to accomplish it. And he actually, uh, or the author provides quite a bit of information that you can probably actually do this at home if you can get a hold of one of these chips. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty crazy. I mean, first of all, he just lifted the chip and put the new one on and it, you know, as he like, if he backed up everything and reloaded it using the tools that are already available out there, uh, it worked right away. It was kind of, I think it was only partitioned for the original 32 gigabyte yeah, amount. Yeah, so then you have to use some extra tools to right. partition it properly, but then, like, the end result is you're able to get all of your uh, all of your expanded storage on Yep. It. Mm-hmm. So, in the step-by-step tools, like, it was kind of overwhelming to read, but it provides a lot of information, but I kind of wrote down the steps here, and it's, like, really just, I mean... 10 or so main steps that yeah. all don't take that long. Now, granted, you need to have a good hand with soldering, and you need to have not right. only a soldering iron, but a hot air rework station. Right. I should clarify, like, post-installation of the chip. Mm-hmm. Like, once you get the chip soldered on and everything like that. That's the hard part, uh, yeah. But, but everything else needs to be gravy. Right. Um, the actual getting it to recognize and utilize all the storage is not that crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I thought this was pretty cool. Probably not going to be doing this anytime soon. I'm very thankful the Switch has an SD card slot. And that's been serving me well. But, I don't know. What do you think about this, MVG? I think it's awesome, man. Like, I think it's something that potentially could be refined into a product that could be, you know, available to most consumers as something they could potentially, you know, work on as far as getting their... Uh, their NAND kind of upgraded as well. So I, I th- I'm very interested to see where this goes. You know, hopefully it's more than just a proof of concept slash, you know, working prototype at this point. Um, these are the kind of things I get really interested in. And, the, you know, there are companies out there that love to take these types of ideas and really try to come up with something that can be sold to consumers um, in a kind of friendly way. So I'm interested to see where this goes for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a whole... there could be like a kit that you could buy but i could definitely see I, services popping up i was gonna say you can already buy nan chips for the switch third yep. party and then if you have all the tools available which all these software like the software is available to back up your stuff and restore it so a lot of people who have bricked their switches what they've done because they had a nan backup they just bought a new nan pulled out the old one popped in the new one and then used the homebrew tools to restore it yeah right. so i think somebody oh, could i believe the nan the nan is attached to a, a just, separate component yeah, you just have to pop right. it out, pop back in. That's yeah. right. So I, I kind of forgot about that. So I guess they could sell that component preloaded with a yeah. new NAND. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think that would be actually pretty awesome. Yeah, I yeah. think it'd be cool if someone did that with like still, they, they, they did blank NANDs, but they already upgraded. So they would sell like 128 gigabyte NANDs or 256 gigabyte yeah. NANDs. And then you as the end user have to do everything, but they could make a decent markup on that as well too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I would pay for. That I would definitely do to have all the hardware done for you. Yeah. Yes. I don't. I, 
I've actually dealt with a lot of this style of soldering too with the uh, repair shop that I worked at. Mm-hmm. So I'm not actually I don't have the heat gun. You kind of need like a heat like rework station, like, like a hot air wand or something. Yeah. Like. So like. If you have that, it's not that bad. It might not be easy your first time necessarily. Oh, no, no, no. You got, but you get some <laughs> flux. You get that dialed into the right temperature. It's not that bad, but it's not something I ever really particularly want to do again. <laughs> For sure. But, you know, there are people out there that do this stuff. and They love doing this stuff. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to say about that, but it's really interesting. Uh and I think we just hopefully floated the uh, idea out to maybe some Chinese resellers. Yeah. So I definitely uh, recommend if this is I, at all interesting. Oh, go on, maybe. I would I would say that they're already ahead of us. Honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping got so. to be. Yeah. Well, and this guy, uh, I think he was based in uh, China, mm-hmm. right? So like, who knows? Yeah. Uh, who knows what's going on over there? But um, in general, like if this sounds interesting to you, I would definitely check out the uh, the post online. It's pretty interesting. Uh, he goes through a lot of stuff, like kind of a little bit of trial and error, and kind of his thought process. I thought it was a very fascinating read. Yeah, for sure. Anyways. So I guess next topic on here, um, if we don't have anything else to cover on that. Now, I didn't have the exact citations on because this is kind of just news that was put out there. Uh, but Tinfoil and SXOS both now support USB loading for games and such. Have you guys seen this? I uh, have. I'm excited about tinfoil, this, man. Yeah, I didn't I did know tin, SXOS. I, I didn't know Tinfoil had it either, but I did read about SXOS 2.2, I believe, has yes. USB support, which I haven't actually tried out yet. But from what I've heard, it works really, really well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of a sudden now you can attach like a four terabyte external drive to your Switch, which is really, really awesome. It's a good way of getting more storage on your switch for cheap so i'm very interested i'm going to definitely try this out and see how it works but from what i've read and what i've seen so far it actually works very very well so i think it's a really Mm -hmm. cool feature which i i wouldn't be too surprised with it um i i'd be surprised if it wasn't working well to be honest but yeah these games should be playable because at usb i guess technically you would have usb 3 available on there but i know the speeds aren't you know glorious usb 3.0 speeds you're not maxing out at that yeah that's kind of what i was thinking i guess is that dock designed are those usb 3.0 ports i'm not even sure um i believe there's one usb 3.0 port and the other ones are 2.0 interesting yeah i think my you know my main um question i guess not really concern is what's the you know performance like the transfer speeds and the the streaming speeds and you know, cut scenes and all that stuff. But from what I've seen and what I've read, it's, you know, it's not even an issue, which is cool. Yeah, like our load times affected in a noticeable way, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But I could see it being really useful because there are definitely some games that I'm only going to really want to play while I'm sitting at my TV. Mm-hmm. And I could put any other uh, other ones that I, you know, would probably want to play out and about, like maybe Mario Party or Mario Kart uh, and carry those with me. I think that'd actually be pretty cool. So. Yeah. Don't don't forget. There's also a whole lot of people who they don't use their Switch in portable mode. It's true, like at yep. all. They just use it as a console console. So if you're one of those people, I mean, yeah, grab a four terabyte drive, have fun. Yeah, absolutely. I never did get a hard drive for my Wii U, but this does throw me back to the Wii days when I had a hard drive chocked full of games. Yep, that was pretty awesome. I never got a, a hard drive for my Wii U either, which I should have. You know, looking back, I don't know why I never got one, but I should have mm-hmm. got one. 
It's not too late. <laughs> it's true. It's not too yeah. late. Yeah. All right. Uh, now should we move on to the topic I thought we were going to be on, but there's so much news coming in. Like, No, it's all, is this in regards to CDNSP? It is. Yeah, go ahead and take it. So it looks like uh, basically anybody that's not Nintendo using that is just kind of out of the question right now. Um, sounds like something, Nintendo implemented something that, I don't know, maybe you guys know what it is, but some kind of authentication called D-Auth. Uh, I have never heard of D-Auth in particular, and I kind of searched around for it and couldn't really find a whole lot. But essentially, if you try and use a cert to like download a game or check for updates or something like that, you pretty much get banned instantly. So they're saying all certs are, are, are dead, basically. Yeah. Um, hmm. Which this, this doesn't su- surprise me on there. So as you were saying, if you try and download a game you don't own, you're going to get banned instantly. And I was like, this... Actually, because we, we've been talking about bannings here um, back and forth, and, you know, we've been talking about, like, systems getting flagged and whatnot. Um, I think, like, for example, Splatoon 2, we had covered, like, uh, Dev and I covered at least that when a system is flagged, um, it's banned within a day or so. I was thinking on that, like, this is... They've kind of taken their sweet time, and I think we've even discussed this a little bit in the previous episodes, but now they're starting to crack the whip a little bit harder, but it was like, at first, like, consoles were taking a while to get banned, and then when they were banned, they were still able to get online and access titles and stuff without actually using the eShop, but using the eShop alternatives, while it's like... I'm thinking of, you know, the 360 days, for example, if you were taking a hard-bodded system online, you'd be banned almost instantly or extremely quickly and it was like you had you had no way of accessing anything on there you were just completely blacklisted until you swapped out your kv info yeah right i remember the last time i was on the show fellas you know earlier in the summer and i think one of the topics we talked about was uh someone did a write-up i think it was cyrus or someone talking about you know the things that we get your switch band and and the the cert thing um that you know this all thing was one of those things that came up so like you said not surprising at all that this is this is happening mm-hmm. yeah i agree they kind of took their sweet time this has been a long time coming and yeah kind of one of those yeah surprising they were done it they were doing these like half chub bands it was it was weird they're really good at iterative <laughs> development they're taking you know chunks at a time i guess so <laughs> making sure it all doesn't come out at once <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, so don't go try and downloading anything from the CDN. You're, it's not going to work. It. Yeah, it won't yeah. work. You're going to waste <laughs> certificates. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to talk about that. but No, we can... Uh, final nail in the coffin for all that. Seems like it, yeah. We do have some, uh, so, some bigger custom firmware news. Uh, MVG, right. you want to grab this one? Yeah, so Atmosphere... 0.7 was finally released today finally and yeah so uh Cyrus tweeted out this morning i believe saying that it was um it was official it was released and atmosphere is well well i guess it was supposed to be the first custom firmware that was supposed to come out you know many many months ago but finally was released uh today which is really cool to see and you know one thing i will say is um, being a little bit uh, controversial, I will say, is where does this fit, you know, in, in terms of the whole um, demographic? Because we've got we've got SXOS and we've got Rainix. 
So, you know, who do you see using Atmosphere as, as kind of their main daily driver? Because I'm kind of struggling to find find out who would actually use it at this time. What do you guys think about that? I'm, I don't know. I'm wondering if Ray uh, Ray's builds are going to be more along the lines of something a little more experimental. It seems like he's trying a couple of things, like with the plug-in system. I haven't seen if there's a plug-in system with... Uh, atmosphere yet i know that they have stratosphere which is like kind of some system modules but i think that's a little different than what uh ray's firmware is doing so maybe uh atmosphere could be something that's like really simple straightforward for new users that is just a very bare bones custom firmware well i was i was gonna say actually kind of the opposite on there even if you check out the wallow article on here like they talk about fuse on this with the custom bootloader but for example you know they're talking about like exosphere a fully featured custom secure monitor and exosphere is a re-implementation of nintendo's trust zone firmware fully replicating all of its features and then like stratosphere were a custom set of system modules so they have a bunch of stuff included in there this seems to be a more robust version of that and i i think i was even reading online that um not only it, it's mainly i guess that's the focus with really like these system modules on there where it's kind of essentially a copy or in or an emulation so to speak of what's already on the switch um, but even so, I believe I saw a tweet from Cyrusm saying, if you're worried about getting banned, don't really go online with this right now, but 1.0.0, that's supposed to have the extra security stuff added in there. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, I guess my thought with the atmosphere is, was that all this stuff doesn't look like it's user-facing, really. Correct. Yeah, it, it would be more developer-based, I think, and it would be mainly stuff like on the back end, really. There was one thing in those release notes that caught my eye, and that is um, it talks about, you know, it's very stable, you know, really good system stability. And that's one of the main issues that I have with um, SXOS is I just kind of get, I don't know if you guys get it, but I dabble with a lot of homebrew, as you guys know, and I just get these kind of random crashes, you know, and I have to hard reset my switch every so often. And if I'm working on some homebrew, there's a pretty good chance it's going to lock up my switch and I have to restart. So sometimes I feel like it's not the homebrew code. It's actually the, you know, the custom firmware that's, that's causing it. So if, if atmosphere is claiming that it's very, very stable and it, it does things a lot cleaner than some of the other custom firmwares, that may be enough for me to check it out. So I, I think I will take a look at it at least and see what it, what, how it plays and what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It would absolutely be worth checking out at minimum if you have the, the setup there. And I know you were saying SXOS uh, has had, you know, the stability issues. I know uh, Ray and X, that's kind of what I switched to. I was messing around with that. And I don't know if this has been resolved at this current time, but when it was, you know, releasing to the masses and a lot of people were using it, there was the XFAT bug. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I firsthand have had to deal with that issue many times. I've, oh, I've had corrupted I... SD cards like left and right because of that issue. Everything I use now is FAT32, honestly. In... Wow. I don't touch I... XFAT anymore. I haven't done that, th- thankfully. And actually, even so, and that, that was kind of a frustrating thing as well, too. Ray and X requires, um, unless he changed it, so it's FAT32, as you were mentioning, like yeah. it would be good to use that to avoid the XFAT corruption issue. But I couldn't get ray and x to work on fat 32 and when i read into it i found out that ray and x requires x fat 
Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of in a catch-22 situation where it's like, yeah, if you use XFAT, you you might run into this corrupt SD card issue, but you can't use FAT32 (laughs) because if you try and boot this, and and if this happens, if you try at least, unless he's updated it, if you try and boot up RayNX with a FAT32 formatted SD card, you'll get like the RayNX cute girl logo and then the screen just goes black and you can't do anything. You can't do it in the custom firmware. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I haven't tried um, RainX in quite some time, so you know, I'll, I'll definitely have it, have to go back and take a look at that. But ever ever, ever since I switched to FAT32, I've had zero issues. So I just kind of recommend everyone just jumps on that. But of course, then you only have the ability to have up to four gigabytes in file size. Of so course, you have that you know chicken and egg scenario, yeah. I guess. But there's always ways around things, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, next, next should time. we go ahead and move on, yeah? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll be down to take one. this one. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, please. So I thought this was pretty fascinating. Um, so SXOS got another update. There's yeah. definitely... It, it's had several at this point. <laughs> We're actually going to be looking at an older one. We're going to be looking at version 2.0, but for good reason here. Right. Uh, so 2.0, actually probably a more worthwhile version number update. Some of their versions have been a little senseless, but yeah. this one came with some pretty cool stuff. So I believe these were the first uh, guys to announce an Immunand of some kind. Yes. Which is pretty cool. It's Immunand. I understand that now. Not Immunand. Oh, yeah, Immunand. You teased me mercilessly oh, for yeah. that. That's right. <laughs> so Immunand. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so we have an Immunand that can be updated independently for, independently from the system, but it works a decent bit different than other Immunands that we've seen in the past. Very different. I've never seen it like this before. Right. Um, which I'm actually kind of okay with. Okay. So basically, um, who was it? What was his name? Jason uh, on GBA Tim kind of wrote up this little article or blog or post or whatever you want to call it um, of his findings on a thread. It. Yeah, thread. There we go. But he uh, kind of dug into uh, any of the system changes, anything that's gone on after he set up his Immunand, and there wasn't actually a lot. Um, I guess what it really uh, comes down to is it actually kind of created these bin files that kind of host or hold all of the Immunand's data. Mm -hmm. So there's like a new boot zero, a new boot one, a new user uh, partition and stuff like that. And uh, I guess it just loads these on the fly. So there's no resizing of the main partition. There's no hardly anything that's actually changed on the system. Yeah, but but the main thing is the actual because it essentially splits your your system NAND and have the storage at least. So on right. both sides you have 15 gigabytes as opposed right. to the 32 gigabytes of storage. And that's basically because it like pre-allocates 15 gigabytes for these bin files, right? Right. Right. So it's pretty interesting. Um, it seems a lot safer than it could be, right? So, I mean, especially with some of the bugginess that we've seen with SXOS, I mean, it kind of make me nervous to resize this, my, my partition and everything mm-hmm. like that. This is not so come yeah, back out. Back up, back up, back up that name. Right. <laughs> so this is a little bit safer. I think it's it's pretty cool. Um, it also doesn't seem like... I've heard read something about how there isn't really any telemetry currently that's known about the user partition or about what's on the user partition. So... Uh, this is theoretically safe right now as far as Nintendo figuring out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, things can change in the future, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty neat. Absolutely, yeah. I I think it's a pretty cool feature to have, and 
Um, I haven't really messed around with it at all, but uh, from what I've read and what I've seen so far, again, it looks like a pretty awesome feature. So hopefully, um, you know, it does, does what it's supposed to. I was uh, thinking about giving this a try because my Switch is still on a pretty outdated firmware, mm-hmm. uh, my, my secondary Switch. So I was thinking about giving this a try, but now Atmosphere is out, and I was really wanting to give that a shot. So I'm hoping that Atmosphere or somebody, maybe even RayNX, uh, comes out with some feature that's like this because I thought it was a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I'm not the biggest fan of SXOS, I would like to see them creating more original features and stuff like that mm-hmm. even if you know they are copying some other ones yeah yeah yep. no i was gonna say they haven't I, I believe they're the only ones who've implemented this immune and functionality and then apparently i know uh, mike heskin the guy who essentially cracked so to speak sxos he didn't release a crack version he just fully decrypted it he always releases scripts that can right. part the system and um every update he's been keeping up to date on there uh, but he said also, spe- going back a little bit, their USB loading feature is completely original. So credit to them for not stealing it. Interesting. Yeah, I was th- yeah I was looking around to see, you know, if there were any st- articles or any GitHub's that you know they may have lifted it from. But you're right. I think they actually <laughs> um, just you know grinded out the uh, USB uh, routine in the SXOS. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I definitely hope more of that comes out. Um, it'd be nice if they, you know, didn't copy as much in kind of like a, I don't know what you would weigh, just unclassy way. Yeah. <laughs> Borderline illegal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we wish, that rip, we wish that they didn't rip people off. That's what we're trying yeah. to say. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. But more features like this is good for everyone and good for the community, especially when it's actually implemented well. Yeah. For sure. All right. I know uh, we're kind of transitioning here a little bit, but still, so we're kind of pivoting. It's still on Switch here. Um, there is, there, there's, I guess, retro arch here. MVG, would you like to take this? Because I feel like you're probably the, the most qualified to talk about this out of everyone, especially with <laughs> you releasing um, a, a video talking about this yes. recently. Yes. Yeah, so retro arch was released on the Switch officially. Um, I believe it was last week now, version 1.75. Now, RetroArch, as soon as the Switch was kind of hacked back in April, there were uh, builds going around of RetroArch pretty much the next day. And yeah. uh, I think the guy that's developing it, the, the kind of the head guy's name is M4X on GBA Temp. He's been pretty much single-handedly working on porting RetroArch over to the Switch. And it got to a state recently where it was good enough to actually mainline it as far as putting into the main retro arch you know distribution so there was a big release last week 1.75 and uh yeah i've been i've been playing around with it it works really well they came it comes with 44 cores at launch which is uh, a lot of different cores to play around with and i'm not going to say that all of them work amazingly well there's definitely ones that need more work than others but the highlights for me, you know, are the, the PlayStation emulation is is very good for what it is. The, you know, 16-bit consoles run very, very well too. So, you know, if you do have a hack switch and you do like emulation, you got to get RetroArch on there. It, it runs exceptionally well. It's got pixel shaders, OpenGL supported. Um, it just, it works very well. Very nice. 
Well, I even played around with RetroArch when we were first hacking around with our Switches. When it was Retro NX. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it worked really well then with this stuff that I had tried. So this is definitely on my list. Before the next mod chat, uh, my goal is to get my Switch updated, probably running like Atmosphere or something, mm-hmm. and I want to get... Just be sure to update it with uh, Choi Du Jour NX. Who? <laughs> I have no Dude, idea what? what you're talking about. <laughs> no, uh, okay. So you know when you know we have low firmware switches. Both our switches are on 3.0.0. Yeah. So Choi du jour, what that does is you can take a update, like oh, take all the update files. It doesn't files. burn the fuse. Exactly. That's right. You do have to enable auto RCM if you want to be on that higher firmware and not burn the fuses. But still, well, There's I guess also... if I use the Immunand. Oh, yeah. Maybe. The RetroArch comes in two flavors, by the way. It comes with the regular NRO file, but also comes with an NSP, which is a little controversial, but um, I've actually installed the NSP on my, you know, on my home screen and played around with it. It works really well. It's, it's, it's very, very slick, especially running it from, you know, your home screen. It's, it's very, very nice. Yeah. I think that's what I would prefer to do. For sure. And it just gives you a little bit more memory to play with rather than launching it from the homebrew kind of launcher because you get a little bit less resources in that scenario versus just launching it directly as an NSP file. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also at RetroArch kind of some submenus that you have to go through again. So you go through the home screen and then the homebrew launcher and then go into RetroArch. It does get a little bit tedious to get to the game you want to play it's like damn it yeah. just give me my retro arch <laughs> there's definitely a learning curve there and i'm I'll, I'll tell you guys i'm not the biggest fan of the user interface and the user experience but i also do appreciate the amount of features and functionality that it has and once you do get to grips with how to you know launch games and and all that stuff it does get pretty good at you know it gets pretty simple to use well, but there's definitely a s- learning curve yeah, I was going to say to your criticism as well, too. I, I believe LibRetro, they've been really friendly with that, and I saw a tweet from them that said something along the lines of, yeah, we've gotten this criticism before, we understand, so we're kind of going to be setting up a bit of a guide and kind of just, they're going to be providing documentation for complete newbies on how to get this set up and how to fully utilize it and everything. Yep. So uh, they've heard that complaint. Good idea, and the other thing I will say is, I mean, LibRetro started its life back in 2011 on the PlayStation 3, believe it or not. That was actually where it first was kind of devised. Right on. So the user interface really hasn't changed in such a long time. So it's almost due for, um, you know, an overhaul at some point, And I'm sure it's on the roadmap, of, you know, of things to get done. I think my, my thing is I really like the XMB, so I'm kind of biased. I'm just like, no, nah, it doesn't have to change. It's fine. I yeah. like it. It's it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I find myself changing to the kind of the older retro arch feel and then trying some other different skins. But I always go back to the XMB because it's, it's kind of second nature, especially after mm-hmm. owning a, a PlayStation 3. It would be nice if they like, because of how widespread the project is, it'd be nice if they were able to come up with some kind of a theme that was totally their own that was self-identifiable you know what i mean like yeah. when you see like uh like a plex server or something like that or like an interface like i often like i know exactly what yeah. that is and so you know uh or even like a like a cody server you know there are cody themes but often you can spot a cody server just by looking at it oh for yeah. sure so. project mayhem and you know all that stuff confluence those classic themes that 
coder users yeah. they're pretty easy to to pick out so yeah we'll see but i am pretty excited myself uh, yeah de- definitely check it up. out definitely check out retro arch it is very very impressive on the switch and it's only going to get better it's a very good first release of the product for sure now speaking of retro arch getting better and you mentioned that it started on the ps3 but has anybody ever wondered where's retro arch on ps2 no okay i really haven't wondered that either <laughs> to be honest but i'm sure some people did because they are going to be porting over retro arch for the ps2 this is now in very early development right now um, but this is from PSXC and where I guess the news broke on here where, yeah, it is supposed to be a official retro arch port. And there's even just one little screenshot so far I saw on Twitter day. I saw another video of at least like opening it up, showing like the input and such. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this is as impressive as retro arch is. I don't think this is going to be a very good build simply because it, it's the PS2. Right. Of all things, all right? It's not going to have that much power to work with. I'm not no. sliding the team. I'm not sliding the development of this. I'm just saying, keep your expectations realistic on here. But it is coming to PS2, and I think that's cool. I love it the is, spirit cool. of this kind of thing. You know what I mean? For sure. Getting RetroArch with the way it is already, getting it on as many platforms as possible is pretty cool. I really support that. But uh, I do wonder, like, have either of you guys actually used any PS2 homebrew before? Uh, like lively, uh, I guess. Just to, just to try it. There's there's not that much PS2 homebrew is the problem because it's just it, it was it was weird to work with, and not only just like even MVG. I'm not sure if you've really messed with Free McBoot that much, but it's not as intuitive of a thing to set up as other type of soft mod methods. Right, right. So a couple of points there. Um, first of all, I love seeing stuff like this, like when. When there's a, a modern product being ported over to a, an old system, you know, like the PlayStation 2, where there's really no business for something like a PS2 to run something like RetroArch <laughs> is awesome. Right. I mean, the PS2 only has 32 megabytes of memory, which is half the original Xbox, which has its own implementation of RetroArch as well, don't forget, which I think it runs actually pretty well. So... Look, I would expect to see RetroArch on the PlayStation 2 to run maybe a handful of cores. Um, probably only, you like, know, half of those would be full speed, I guess. I so, would say, like, I feel like Nintendo for sure, second for sure. master system. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure there'll also be cores for Super Nintendo and, um, like, the Sega Genesis. Yeah. And they'll probably yeah. run games okay. But yeah. yeah, we're we're not gonna see like for example like I I think if there's like a PS one core on there, it'd be redundant and <laughs> it'd be more happen. of a proof of concept if anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be really ironic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, um, on to the second point you mentioned, homebrew on the PS two. This is actually you guys heard it here first. This is going to be a video that I'm going to do because I want to dabble in. I want to d- deep dive into homebrew on the ps2 because there's definitely homebrew out on the playstation 2 that is not what you know that's not in question there's definitely emulators there's media players available for it there's all sorts of things so i'm actually going to go back and take a look and see what's actually out there and make a video on it on the topic because i think it's interesting because there was a lot of stuff going on at the time the problem was the xbox completely ate its lunch at the time with with og uh with the og xbox and homebrew so no one was really using the PlayStation 2 for any type of homebrew stuff. People were just playing games on it really most of the time. Right, right. 
It's not a bad thing. That was a really good console. For it's it. a good console to play games on for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, I totally support this. I think it's awesome, and I love to see stuff like this happen. Yeah, this actually got me thinking. I was like, well, you know, once they start getting this worked on, I kind of want to see Retro Arch on PS One. And yeah, it could probably only play like Nintendo and Master System games, but still, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I also heard speaking of Retro Arch, I heard they're getting the networking functionality working on the Wii U port of Retro Arch. And there's some talk about crossplay between the Switch and the Wii U. Um, so I'll, I'll dig up some more information on that because I, I saw that literally like a couple of hours ago and I thought that was actually really cool that they're trying to get, you know, crossplay going between those two systems. Yeah. On emulation. That'd be pretty sweet. But only between the two? Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, I think anything that has a TCP IP stack and RetroArch could potentially, right. you know, talk to each other, but. I think the goal is at least, you know, get those two talking. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Would be. Well, definitely some good retro arch news. Yes. Going on this month. <laughs> but I think we could probably move on. Maybe still talking about a little bit of PlayStation though. Yes. Yeah. So I think you were wanting to take this one, right? Um, I was actually going to say, um, MVG, you would know a bit more about the OpenGL implementation. I think this would be fair for you to take. <laughs> Probably better for you to take, actually. I, I read about this really? today. Um, I mean, I, I certainly know what OpenGL and C Sharp is, um, but I only took a little bit of time to read this earlier. But I guess there is some type of OpenGL implementation um, available on the PlayStation for it at this time, which potentially can open up the door for you know some really cool things to be developed. But uh, I don't know much more about than that at this point. But um, absolutely, yeah. So, there's, there's the article there. Yeah, yeah. So this is Flats, the the guy. I mean, he's been the wizard with you know the the more recent jailbreaks and such. Um, it's not like he was the only person involved, but I remember like he was showing like I, I believe like he was the first person who was showing package installations back on like 4.05. Um, but yeah, no, he was saying on here that C-sharp code working on PS4. And he said, yeah, still need to do some more tests. It's just the beginning Hello World app at the moment. Then if everything will be okay, I'll release it. I think that with C-sharp and OpenGL, it will be possible to create system apps that use native PS4 UI and their .NET libraries as well. And Very then cool. it's saying here, when asked about which .NET version, he had stated that dot, well, yeah, no, native mono from mm -hmm. PS4 firmware it's only used for internal system apps. Got it working for custom app. Well, just proof of concept at the moment. So I, I guess my question is, and the reason why I'd kind of like bunted this to MVG is like with OpenGL, what type of benefits could we see from that? Because I know it just came to Switch recently. Right. RetroArch, it was mentioned to be using OpenGL. Now PS4 has the possibility of using OpenGL. Well, it's, it's the 3D acceleration API. So it takes the right. entire load off the CPU. So it really opens up the door for... I mean, potentially, you know, 3D um, ports of, of games, emulation, all sorts of different things, uh, applications, things like uh, Kodi, you know, media players uh, can be thought about. So, yeah, it really is um, a very important piece of the puzzle when it comes to, you know, um, developing uh, homebrew and, and applications. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, it was pretty interesting. So first of all, you know, along with this, they also mentioned the C-sharp support, which um, 
C sharp is a very common language, right? And you're going to have tons of libraries and code out there available for you to leverage. So I think it's, you know, only going to help uh, the development community. But it also, I guess, C sharp allowed them to do uh, just in time compilation as opposed to ahead of time compilation, yep. which that's going to allow for like hot reloading potentially during development, which can speed up development quite a bit. Perhaps being able to like ch make these changes on the fly. Um, yeah, I just thought of something. So, Ryu Jinx is a an switch emulator that's been developed in C sharp and OpenGL. So potentially you could run a switch emulator on a PlayStation Four. That'd be kind of cool. You could. You can yeah. run a switch emulator on a switch. <laughs> you can. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, we talked about we, that. I where, guess it, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, right. because somebody ran Linux on Switch, and that's then they right. were running the Switch emulator through the Linux yeah. Switch variant. That's right. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ab absolutely. So yeah, I think this is really good. I think this is going to open the doorway for a lot of stuff. C sharp is a super common language these days, so it's going to you know just open the doorway for a lot of people just to be able to pick up development too. Yeah. Kiwi in the chat's talking about a Tony Hawk port. That's exciting. Ooh, lovely. All right. Love Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk's some good stuff. Well, not not the more recent ones. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No. no, no. no. One and two for sure, though. Those were like... Tony Hawk one, two, or Thug one and two? Or... Two X. Two X is the best. Two X. Two X is fun. Really? <laughs> I'm more of like the original two, like the original I one and my, two. My favorites like are... My favorites. my favorites are Thug and American Wasteland. American Wasteland. I mean, I played it. But it was so fun. Yeah, I just the the those first couple just really burned into my my memory real deep. If you could choose between one or two, though, it's better to go with two. Like Probably. one is a bit too dated now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like playing Pokemon Red. Like, yeah, it's nostalgic, but you can't even see your experience. Hey, Amen. But Pokemon Red <laughs> is Pokemon Red. Every time I w I'm working on a video that you know requires me to fire up an old system. And I start playing Tony Hawk. It doesn't matter if it's one, two, three, whatever. I usually just waste the rest of the day playing the game. It's so good. <laughs> that is. is me when I get a hold of a system where I can play Grand Theft Auto 3 on it. I just start doing all the missions. I'm like, wait, no, I... Oh, okay, I, I should stop now. Like, that's what happened near the end of last year. I was messing around with Xboxes, and then, like, I was playing Grand Theft Auto 3, and I was like, well, let me test this. All right, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours. Uh, oh, oh, it's 2 a.m., and I beat uh, half the game, so I guess I'll play this tomorrow as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I think we all have games out there like that. Yeah. What's your game with that? that so recently it was Sonic Adventure. Okay. It was uh, originally came out on the Dreamcast or whatever, and yes. I have it on Steam. So I I played through like six hours of that one afternoon. And, and you're like, what am I doing with my life? Well, I yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> I also played a bit of Jet Set Radio too. That's a fun one. Oh, I love that game. Yeah. yeah. I'm like halfway through that as well, which isn't a very long game. It's just a few hours. Right on. So. They need to port that to Switch. If they had that on Switch, oh, man. Oh, man. Well, you know, um, just real quick, there's uh, there was that, tw that tweet that Sega put out asking, you know, the fans, give us the top 10, you know, games that you want to see, you know, being brought back. And I believe Jet Set Radio was number one. So I'm not no saying way. I'm not saying you know they're going to run with it and and do something with it, but the fans came back and said we want Jet Set Radio. So there's a possibility that they may you know resurface I mean, that if, that franchise. 
I mean, the fact that we got Shinmu 1 and 2 HD, despite people forgetting that they're horribly dated games, but it yeah. did happen, it's completely possible for these other Sega IPs to happen. That's a whole other discussion. But... Yeah. Well, it's yeah. got some love on some older consoles, too, but obviously it's on Steam. It was on Android for a while. I don't know about iOS. Really? Yeah, I, I had it on that. Android, and it was oh. awesome. I used to play it. It was actually a decent little mobile game. Didn't know about that. Uh, I enjoyed it. But, yeah, it stopped working after a while, and they kind of like stopped supporting it. I should see if it's on iOS. That'd be pretty sweet. I think it, it's really hard to support games on Android, especially if you're not giving it the full attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. this came out back in, like, maybe gingerbread days. Yeah, I didn't even it know was, it came out until yeah. now. It's, it's not been available for years. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, anyways, should we move on? Absolutely. So, still talking about PS4 just for a little bit longer. Yep. But uh, I don't know. You guys may have heard about this, to be honest. This was kind of making the rounds for sure. Just, this was just like, a bit. Just yeah. just a bit. This blew uh, up my Twitter feed like last week. Yeah. It even seems like there was some interesting opinions on it. It's like, I don't know. Some people were like, oh, gosh, I can't believe Sony's doing this. Other people were like, ah, I can believe Sony's yeah. doing it. Yeah, come on. Let's, let's to me it's very, look at the history of, of Sony and you know the things that they've done going after people. Right. So I'm sure we've all seen this before. I definitely have. But basically, a guy was selling PS4s on eBay, was it right? Yes. Uh, and he it was basically already jailbroken, loaded with games. Loaded with games. Uh, it was yeah. like it was like sixty plus. He was right. doing the he was doing the Super Nintendo sale for it, like sixty plus one or sixty four plus one yeah. or sixty three <laughs> yeah. plus one. That's what made me laugh. I'm like, what is the plus one? Right. <laughs> uh, he also like had a link to a website where it, he had you know wording like don't pay for games you know yeah. like almost like I don't know just really 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 being blunt about it not beating around the bush at all uh, <laughs> doing very illegal things we're not talking about borderline like I get if you're like uh, offering modding services or even selling pre modded consoles that's yeah. kind of a different thing uh, it still can be kind of gray territory it depends on who you're talking to but dang man. And I love this, this particular picture right here. <laughs> yeah. It looks like so yeah. 90s. What you get is freedom. Yeah. Stop buying games. <laughs> it's so abrasive. Yeah. <laughs> Skull and crossbones at all. Yeah, it's very edgy. Straight up pirate. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are we really that surprised that this happened? I'm not I mean, surprised. Now, 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 I do want to make the, just clarify this for people here. It's not... They're not going after him just because he was jailbreaking his system. They're not going to go after him just because he was selling, you know, an exploitable system or a system with a jailbreak. It was specifically really the marketing on here. And even if you disagree with that, it was specifically the pirated games that were on it. Because he was loading these up. And that is why I tell people, like, when you sell a modded system, don't preload it. With oh, games. Yeah. Don't do that shit. That is why you see on, I know, Seven Sins, the, the forum, was extremely notorious for this. When you sell, like, when people would sell their game systems on there, like, moderators would comb through those listings, and they would say, like, let's say you're selling a game system, and it's just like, yeah, I have Black Ops 1 and 2 on the hard drive. They would immediately be all like, yeah, you need to take those off right now. Yep. Or yeah. else we're going to take this down. Like, you need to include the physical copies of the games. They were they, they allowed the modded systems to be sold, but they did not want the... Um, they didn't want any pirated I mean, material on them. It's common sense to me, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would even say that, yeah. like, even if it wasn't loaded at all with any games, but mm-hmm. they had the advertisements like, stop buying games. And th- that's that would even still be, like, pretty 
and, gray area and, for and, me. And, and, and that's the issue with it. That's why Sony took issue with this, because he was reselling this not as an exploitable system. He was selling it as a piracy device. Right. He was telling people, hey, you can download games and put them on here. You will never have to pay for games. In fact, you should stop buying games. Right. So this is all the marketing. That is why yeah. they were going through him primarily, well, going after him primarily on like here. Like 63 because... games, especially if they're some of the top titles. Yep. That is... Yep. You probably don't I, need to buy any I, games. <laughs> I, yeah, and I know that he was putting like the big ones like Call like Call of Duty World War Two, God of War, several other big titles on there. I can't load up the um court complaint, but Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It is. <laughs> so I would recommend not doing that ever. <laughs> no, did did you all see how Sony had gone after him? No, actually I didn't really. This this article I kinda uh, some surrounding conversation on Twitter was just about all I got out of it. MVG, did you see? Are you talking about the copyright infringement? Um, not specifically that. More how they, um, how Sony specifically like went went to, how they got the evidence is what I should say. Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not familiar with what happened there. <laughs> I mean, I understand why they did this, but to me, it's just really funny. In April, they went through. They had. They essentially had an investigator. I guess they they had a proxy. They had someone purchase one of these systems from him and then they sent it and then when they got it they unboxed it they checked out they're like yep this is a ps4 that has a ton of pirated games on here he did include instructions telling us how to download games how to install them and these this is the jailbreak software and then in june they bought a second one from him Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so, really? Yeah. I, I just find it funny that they bought two PS4s from this guy, <laughs> but it's also smart of them because they're like, look, we have the evidence that he did this not once, but twice. Would you yeah. like to check it out? Like, we've thoroughly investigated this here. It's funny. <laughs> I did find it kind of funny, I guess, in some of their dialogue uh, on their videos and stuff like that. They refer to their cheats as like magical powers. Oh, like, no, no, no. That's the next one. Oh, is it the next one? Yeah, no, that's oh, the next that one. It is the next one. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. You're right. My show notes are off here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back. Slight tease. Oh man. But with that, you know, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to discuss on that note. Um, but I'm not too surprised. No, I'm not surprised at all. You know. Now, now eBay is not very helpful with this either because the the, the fucked up thing about eBay, right? This is what I don't get. Like, you're not allowed to sell modded consoles on there. All right. Like, we'll, nope. we'll just get that out there. You're not allowed to sell modded consoles. They do take them down. However, for sure, actually, no, they they don't allow it. Yeah, okay. but never tried. There's been um, like people who put up just a modded console alone. So it's like, hey, this console's modded, no hard drive, nothing preloaded. Those listings get taken down consistently. The listings that stay up are like the PS3s, 360s, P- PS4s in this case. Like in short, consoles that are modded and they have mod chips in them and they come preloaded with 2,000 or 3,000 retro titles on there. The Nintendo and Super Nintendo classics preloaded with a bunch of games. Those ones end up staying up. They sell quite well too. And this is also the same company, the same uh, the same site. You have to realize they also had a section for reproduction artwork and I think even like reproduction cartridges. Yeah, really. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> the, eBay wasn't doing too much to help mitigate the situation either. Right. I, I find that if you try to make rhyme or reason and try to look at the big picture about everything, you're just going to go crazy. I mean, like things are kind of take on their on their own merits. And I think this one in particular is, you know, Sony clearly has stepped in and said, right, we, we have to stamp this out. You know, we don't really 
care too much about our older stuff. I mean, this is something that, that could potentially hurt our business model, you know, today. So we need to try to deal with this. And, you know, they do what they always do in this scenario is really, you know, throw down the gauntlet and come out swinging with, you know, a big, you know, lawsuit suing this guy. But again, you know, to your point, not surprised to see this happen at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and when you said that they were, you know, it, it, something like this could hurt the business, that that's exactly what it was because it was marketed as buy this and you won't have to pay for games. You can just download them. And he he was encouraging people to pirate their games and he was labeling this as a piracy tool. The thing that, and thankfully there's been no one in the audience here who has disagreed with this. I think everyone is in agreement. Look, even even if you pirate stuff, okay, let's say you, you have a jailbroken PS4, you've pirated your games, you even have to admit that it's stupid to do something like this, to be selling them on eBay, yep. preload with a ton of pirated titles, and expect nothing to happen on there. Right. But the way I equated this to many people was this was like um, several of the lawsuits we've seen against companies and individuals who were selling preloaded Cody boxes and stream yep. boxes. Yeah, like this is exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, an Android box is fine. An Android box with Cody installed on it is fine to install. The problem is a lot of these people were taking these cheap Android boxes, loading Cody on, and then preloading them with a ton of illegal streams. And then they were marketing them as like, these are essentially like, Devin, this is our generation's black box, yeah. so to speak. They were marketing them as black boxes and saying, you don't have to pay for Netflix, you don't have to pay for Hulu, this is in fact better, you don't have to, you can cut off your cable, you'll get all of these streams for free. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's I, all I, in the marketing. Absolutely. I, I, th- I think it's ridiculous, you know what I mean? They could be way more slick about it, too. Yeah. But, hey. but yeah, you got get what's coming when you post stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this guy could have easily gotten away with this stuff. If he just and he did know, for a while, yeah, reworded his advertisement and removed that god awful picture with the skull and crossbones. <laughs> yeah, <on it>. so <laughs> I mean, there's some charm to it. It almost is like intentionally awful. <laughs> you know that um that that reminds me of I, I'd listened to Pat and Ian on the completely unnecessary podcast talk about this, and Ian he was just kind of shaking his head and he's like, you know, when I see shit like this, it's just it, I wish the the movie V for Vendetta was never a thing. Because yeah. we see these anonymous Guy Fox masks everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> Good movie, though. But you're right. I, I've um, tried to list modded consoles in the past, and I've gotten them taken down. You know, nothing's happened to my account or anything. They've just been removed. Yeah. And yep. been get, given a slap on the wrist saying, don't do this again. This is your first don't warning. Do it. Right. Now, before it gets lost in the chat, I do want to give a thank you to Dead... Uh, hopefully I was pronounce your name wrong. Right, not wrong. <laughs> right. Dentrin? Yes. Dentrin? Yeah. Uh, he says, those games, you better stop buying them. You saw the skull. He means business. Great show. <laughs> thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, big Th- time. Thank you very much, yes. And it, it wasn't even five bucks. It was five pounds. That's right. like 20 bucks. It's like a thousand US dollars or something, isn't exactly. it? It's a lot right now. really. <laughs> I, I joke around with my friends in Canada when they're just like, yeah, this is like 80 Canadian. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're saying it's like six bucks. That's not that bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we appreciate it. Pounds or US dollars, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of, uh, I guess... Magical powers. Magical powers. Yeah, <laughs> and, and wording things a little bit differently. We got... I, I, I was, I was kind of shocked uh, w- w- with this because I was... Guys, we got we got several lawsuit things to talk about in this it's episode, true. which is abnormal, quite this, abnormal. This guy tried to work on his marketing a little, 
a, a little bit. I, I have many things to say on here. So, a little bit. So, so who who out of you kids who's watching plays Fortnite? I have, yeah. I've played never played Fortnite, to be I've honest with you. Fortnite. I've played PUBG and I've dabbled with Blackout on COD, which I really like, by the way, but never played Fortnite. I installed it on my Switch, but I never actually launched it. And I think I deleted Same here. it. Uh, yeah. e, I, would, I wouldn't play it on the Switch. I would definitely play it on PC. Uh, view distance and stuff like that is not nearly as good on the Switch. Like I would noticeably would try to like shoot someone or snipe someone. They'd disappear. Gotcha. I, I think I, I, got, I got caught up in the hype that it was out for the Switch and it was free to download yeah. and everything. I thought, I'm going to try this out. This is cool. You know, I'm, I'm going to play this on the go. And, you know, I never did, of I course. See. It would definitely be worth it if, if you were on like a road trip or something like that and you, you were into the game. It would definitely work. It's definitely not a terrible port, but, you know, free on the PC as well. But, yeah, I, I play it from here, here to there, you know, from mm-hmm. time to time. Never played it. It's good. Yeah. Oh, I have no doubt it's good. It just, yeah, I don't play multiplayer games really, so. That's true. I, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. So, do you guys know of Golden Mods? Have you heard of this guy? I know of him, yeah. I I, had, I think I might have heard the name before. I don't follow him. Uh, but, basically... He was, he was primarily um, Xbox 360 Grand Theft Auto online gotcha. modder. Gotcha. Yeah, actually, from what I see... Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah this is all that. about another lawsuit in regards to Fortnite. But he started... I want to say he started making Fortnite content, like, last month. He switched over to that from Grand Theft wow. Auto Five on the 360. Well, this is quick then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But go, go ahead and grab this. Yeah, but anyways, so he's been releasing videos on YouTube where he shows off a lot of these mods and stuff like that. He goes into, I watched some of them, uh, kind of caught up a little bit. He goes into some of these games where there's other people might do some weird stuff where he kind of plays around with them. It didn't look like anything like too crazy nefarious mm-hmm. was going on. And I also looked at some of his, uh, I think a lot of the Fortnite stuff has been taken down by him. Most of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, not, not by him, by Epic. Really? I found some that were taken down. It said removed by the user. Oh, So okay. I think he definitely uh, probably once those started going but down. nine videos of his were taken by Epic. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's intense. So, uh... But even some of his GTA videos, he was kind of messing around with some people, just kind of having fun, watching them freak out. Uh, but he would all, uh, not only show off these mods, but he also had a link to a website where he would basically have these available for purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of stuff made it pretty easy to get your hands on. And he would also, I noticed, in, especially in some of his Grand Theft Auto videos, he was giving away modded uh, Xboxes a lot. Yes. So uh, he was definitely pushing this quite a lot into the user's hands uh so i don't know this is a little bit different because he wasn't shipping things preloaded with you know pirated games but i don't know what do you guys think about it i i have that's a really good point and we can't you know kind of discount what you just said because i think if golden mods decides to fight this he's got half a chance and let me tell you why because epic have pulled his videos for copyright infringement, right? Yes. But here's the thing, right? There's no copyright infringement that's occurred here. All he has done, right, is injected code, right? So code injection is not copyright infringement. Code injection to create some type of trainer or some type of cheat online, that can't be called a copyright infringement. So I, I really think that he has a case. If he really wants to come back and say, you know what? I think this this copyright infringement is bullshit. I'm going to turn around and lawyer up and fight you guys. He's got half a chance because that means Epic actually has to prove that they've severed or they've occurred some type of loss for the, for this to stick. 
So he's got half a chance of, of really fighting this if he really wants to. What do you guys so think? So MVG... Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you no, just asked what we think. Yeah, I just oh. want your thoughts, I guess. I, I was going to say, I'm really happy you brought that up. I So I, I'm of the thought, when I saw him, I was like, okay, um, about time. Because if it wasn't going to be epic, it was going to be someone else. Because I, I, first of all, I'd like to show you all this guy's site. Now, I'm pulling this up in archive.org or the web archive. But this is the Golden God site. By the way, the, the, the public thing he's trying to say right now, he's trying to say, no, I'm being smeared across the media. This is not my website. This is... He, he told Scarce, I saw in a video, he told John Scarce that um, he is just a advertiser for goldengods.com. And that it's not his site, and he's just the biggest advertiser. But I've seen some of his videos, like clips of some of his videos, and he straight up says, "If you want mods like this, go to my site." He right. he sells it as like he he's marketing it as my site, as his site. The name is a pretty dead giveaway. But if you guys haven't looked at the prices, like look at this for example. So for thirty days of ESP aimbot on Fortnite PC, fifty five bucks for a lifetime version of that three hundred bucks. Wow. Now, the mm-hmm. Fortnite stuff is new to me, but I had seen his other things. This is not just old generations generations of systems. Like, you see, like, Xbox One GTA Five for it 240 or $340. For PS4, same thing. For PC, okay, it's a little bit cheaper there. But still, he also, I don't know about Scum, but he also has PUBG on here as well, too. So, I'm sure that him and I, I, from what I saw when I looked this up, this is a business. The business who owns this is VG Services. But yep. I'm sure it's not just him. It's several people who are on this site. And I'm sure they're making a decent amount of money, or they were. Now, they aren't making any sales right now. But, MVG, to your point, so I, I do sound like I'm fully against it on that because I was saying, you know, oh, about time on there. Because I was surprised that this hadn't gotten taken down any further. I wouldn't say I'm for him, but I am interested to see where this goes. Because that even raised a red flag with me where this was copyright infringement. And I don't believe this is copyright infringement in in this case here. Code injection would be something different. Uh, Exploiting, you know, the service on here, making money off it, that would be something different. I don't know the legal term. But this isn't necessarily copyright infringement. And, And here's why I think... They filed it as copyright infringement. So looking at the dates here, let's see. Today is October 17th. So from what I saw, he ended up getting all of his strikes on September 22nd. So September 22nd, that that was on a Saturday, right? So he got his strike. I don't know how many, but he at least got a strike. He got nine videos taken down. They were copyright claims. Copyright claims on YouTube are for copyright infringement. That's when you file the DMCA. Hope everyone is following me, like the listeners and everyone on here. So then from what I had seen, he posted some more Fortnite videos later on. And what I believe happened is that at one point he probably sat on this a little bit and then decided, you know what? I'm not violating anything here. I'm going to contest these. So when you contest a copyright strike on YouTube, you have the the, the person you're contesting has 10 business days to come back. So if they don't respond, your claims are lifted. If they come back and say, you know what, we're not going to go after this person, your claims are lifted. And if your claims are lifted, that means your videos come back. However, the only way the company who, who struck you can keep the videos down is if they file a lawsuit against you and they provide that paperwork to YouTube. And from what I saw, the paperwork for this lawsuit was filed on October 10th. 
That was the date I saw. So that's why I'm thinking he probably waited maybe a week or so and then ended up putting in counterclaims to this. And this is very similar to another case with, have you all heard of the 14 year old kid who was being sued by Epic? Yep. And I was going to talk about that too, because I think we can't discount that because that when I heard that story, so just for some context, Epic went after a 14 year old kid for cheating in Fortnite, but, and Mr. Murray, you may know more about it, but I never really got what the actual uh, case was, you know, what he was being alleged to have done as far as cheating goes. All I heard was he was cheating on Fortnite. So Epic have gone after him with a lawsuit. And I don't even know if it actually ever went to court or if it's still ongoing, but I kind of felt like it was pretty heavy handed by Epic on their behalf, you know? And I remember the kid's mother came out and said, well, F you guys, I'm not, I don't, you know, he didn't cheat. You know, what are you guys talking about? So I think, (laughs) I think Epic, you know, they're really trying hard to protect their IP and maybe they're just going a little too hard at this because or maybe they're not you know maybe they're just saying you know what our our statement here is we're going to stamp out any type of cheating on Fortnite because it's our baby and we want to protect it as much as we can but i also feel like they're kind of going about it the wrong way you know i, I really i mean look I, they can easily you know take this guy down but going after him for a copyright infringement I, I expect his videos to come back, honestly. I, I don't see that sticking at all. It may just delay proceedings for a while, but eventually his videos are going to return. There's just nothing they can do about it, in my opinion. I, 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 I think it might be a thing where they filed for the wrong type of issue. They ended up filing a copyright infringement suit to keep the videos down and to open up a legal situation, and they're trying to just glomp in the Golden God sales and all that, which I understand what they're doing there. Um, but it seems like they, they, they didn't file it under the wrong thing. They just, they, they filed it under some, and they're trying to glomp in whatever they can, but they're putting that all in there just to keep the videos down, but also to shut down the service. And I fully understand why they want to shut down the service. I fully understand that. I'm not defending that there, but I was going to mention with the 14 year old kid, that's also why they went after him. They struck down one of his videos and he ended up, um, he countered it and said, I did nothing wrong. I did absolutely nothing in here. And uh, the only way they keep the video down was to file a lawsuit against him. Yep. yep. Interesting. And while we're talking about Epic, you know, Fortnite, for me, it's, I can't, you can't discount the fact that Fortnite has already peaked, right? Uh, do you guys agree with that? I mean, I think it's peaked. It's, it's gone as high as it can. And now that COD's out, COD's eating its lunch right now, to be honest with you. And I know COD's kind of the new game and a lot of people are playing that over Fortnite. But if you look at the numbers, COD has like 200,000 people watching streams right now. And there's like, you know, 40,000 on you know Fortnite that are watching streams. So to me, I feel like Epic is really trying to grab onto as much as they can. Because I think they know that Fortnite, you know, this time next year, are we still going to be talking about this game or is it just going to be, you know, like PUBG is right now? And that is a really interesting question because now that Call of Duty's out, it's really changed the landscape of the whole Battle Royale thing. So I think Epic really has an uphill battle ahead of them, honestly. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, We'll see what happens, but it sounds like you guys are on the right page. It's probably just a way to mitigate... uh, the video is being up for now, so... Yep. Mm-hmm. 
I was going to say the the one thing I know there was a cheat client um, years ago for World of Warcraft. I don't remember the name, but the way they end up getting that taken down, Blizzard, when they fought it, was they said, and I feel like maybe something like this could be used. They had said that when you are using World of Warcraft, you're utilizing a license. Now, this cheat menu technically needs to essentially hook into the game, hook into you logging in. So, therefore, you should have two licenses, but you don't have two licenses to World of Warcraft. You have one. So, therefore, there's some copyright infringement and piracy happening here because you're, you're using this program to obtain a license to the game, which you don't own and you didn't pay for. Yeah. By the way, we want to jump in here and give a couple thank yous to some donations First of all, the mod shop a few minutes ago had mentioned that the audio is choppy. Hopefully things will clear up here. I don't know if there's yeah, a Yeah, MVG, are we do. sounding okay to you or is it Yeah, bad? it sounds good to me, guys. Okay. So apologies for the stream. Hopefully, you know, bare minimum, hopefully this will sound better in uh, post when it's actually uploaded and whatnot. Um, but yeah, let us know if it's still happening. Um, I haven't seen, I guess there's one here, custom mods, said it was kind of choppy. Tree says it's fixed, so hopefully it gets better for you guys. Hooray. Yeah, we're, we're also, by the way, for, for anybody who listens to the actual MP3 version of it, we are recording this separately offline, so that should be good. When I was seeing the audio was choppy, oh, I was right, like, wait, right. is it is it actually like my source, or is it YouTube? But if it's YouTube, that that's forgivable. If it's the source, I was like, wait a minute, no. It is right, I forgot about <laughs> that, so everything should be good in the, the actual podcast that's uploaded. Yeah. And then also Francis here, Francis Sullivan. Francis. Uh, just dropping it now. Love the show. Quality content. The quality content. That quality-ass content. I miss <laughs> Leafy sometimes. Yeah, I know. Does he still do stuff? I don't even... I don't look. No, he gone. Is he gone gone? He gone. Oh. He gone. Yeah. I heard, uh, I've heard stories about him that he's still around. People talk to him, but he's no longer doing videos and not interested in coming back and doing videos. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. hopefully he banked a pile of money and is living off of his earnings. Yeah, totally. Uh, he also says he, we fill a great niche for the modding scene. So thank you very much for that. I think that's kind of a little bit of the goal. Oh, thank you. Right? I appreciate it. That's so. actually how, um, funny enough, that, that I, I told you about this, but that's actually how Escort do or uh, Jason or one of the people who did PS3 Exploit when I spoke to him. That's how he actually discovered our podcast. He is a podcast addict and he found Mod Chat on his podcast app one day. He's like, Oh wait, there's there's a podcast about modding. What? Yep. Sweet. Yeah, definitely glad we can uh, provide some good for you guys for sure. So it looks like uh, a couple of the people that said the sound is fine now. So hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully. YouTube. Hey, it could have been worse. You know, last night YouTube went down for like an hour. So yeah, right. Lucky yeah. we we went broadcasting because we would have killed <laughs> killed the the podcast early. Yeah, shout out to uh, Rito Archaeology. He dropped a video right before YouTube went down, and his video, <laughs> I think, suffered. It still did well, but it did suffer because of that outage. Man, I would almost, like, just delete it and re-upload. <laughs> Wait I would agree. For YouTube to come I would back probably out. just re-upload it. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Not like anyone was watching it. There's nothing you're missing out on. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, should we move on? One for last sure. lawsuit topic. For sure, yeah. Let's see. You want to take this one? Uh, sure. Now, I had not heard of this service, to be honest, and I guess this is, there's already been some legal action, but there, there's more that's going to be ongoing here. But this is for, this is related to GTA Online, and had either of you heard of the infamous mod menu? Yes, I have, yeah. Uh, 
I have not, but I kind of like the name. It made for a funny read. Interesting. So I I'd not heard of this until now. I, I guess MVG, what do you know about Infamous? I just know a little bit about it. How it's basically you know the the Swiss Army knife of mod menus for the GTA Online stuff. I've, I've heard you can do all sorts of crazy things with it, but um, you know I've never really um, played around with it. In fact, I've hardly played GTA Online, um, even though. I should I should have when when it first came out because it was really a lot of fun, but I'm more of a single player guy, so I, I kind of went through the campaign, finished it. I dabbled with the online when GTA Online came out, but if you recall, it was so kind of buggy in the early days. I kind of just lost interest in it. But um, I have kept one eye on the GTA Online scene. Um, but yeah, that that particular mod thing is is really much a kind of it just does so many different things, and that's what it's it's there for and i guess some people are in trouble as a result of it yeah so this was shut down about six months ago and apparently i mean this was this was cheap as well too for a platinum lifetime membership it was 40 bucks so it was one of those <laughs> that you have to charge for which i mean kind of the same situation that we had yeah, talked about with comparatively Gold speaking though geez yeah a lot more accessible 40 dollars lifetime damn but yeah, no, apparently here there's five guys all in Australia behind it, and apparently they've had their assets, I want quote-unquote frozen. It says that their assets have been frozen, but they've kind of been instructed, hey, really, you can't leave Australia first off, and the other thing is you really can't be spinning frivolously. We're going to freeze your assets. We're going to be monitoring all this. Don't move too much money, but we're only going to allow you to really just use the money that you need to do basic living. Um the reason why I wanted to bring this in was because even though this is kind of disjointed and we haven't really talked about it before, I know several months ago we had talked about the Crow Mods lawsuit that opened up. You remember that, Devin? Yep, I yeah. do. Um, MVG, are you familiar with what's going on with that? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So what happened with him, for anybody that doesn't know, is he was in charge of, he was working on several different mod menus. I know, like, GTA 5 Fucker, I believe that's what it was called. And uh, he ended up getting in legal trouble with Rockstar, and he had to stop development and stop reverse engineering, stop cheating and all that. Um, And we know this because he ended up breaking his silence, where allegedly there is a video that was recorded where he said, yeah, um, I had to work with Rockstar, and they said, yep, um, just... You know, I, I don't know if he had to pay anything, but they essentially said, stop what you're doing, uh, help us fix the game, and then afterwards, you have to cease development and reverse engineering on anything Grand Theft Auto V related. And he stopped for about a year, and then he started doing it again, and he just passed his work on to other people, so he would reverse and mod for other people. And he's being brought to court not because of that initial thing, but because he violated the Rockstar Games Agreement. And I believe, or take two, I guess, here, and I believe that is, what these guys are getting is probably pretty similar to what Chromex Mods got. Because one of the things that was mentioned is, um, of course, you know, kind of like I I had mentioned the not leaving Australia, having his assets frozen, but they even mentioned on there, here we go, the court orders in question also prohibit the mod makers from creating or using game cheats under risk of imprisonment. So they, it sounds like they got the same thing that Crow Mods initially got after his first run-in. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Spooky. It's pretty (laughs) intense, too. It is. It truly is. Yeah, and I don't know. A lot of this stuff, even like with the last couple of things, a lot of this, you're starting to get into weird gray areas, and I I don't know exactly how I feel about this. Is Do I think this is deserved? I don't really know. Um 
It's rough, though. Hopefully it doesn't end up in a way where he can just kind of agree that he's not going to do it anymore and he'll stay away and be a good boy and everything will be okay. Which person? The, these guys are Chrome. These guys. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Because Chrome, it's like he already had that opportunity and he, right. he goofed. Yeah, maybe they won't give uh, a second chance like that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, is there anything else you guys have to say on that or should we move on to some of, I guess, not our last bit of PlayStation news, but the next bit? Well, I guess we well we have one well, one more thing in regards to SXOS. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and I guess this stuff. So I was, I, I was chatting on. Um, let me see. Um, I was chatting on uh, like DMs with you all about this, but if you all remember, this was last. Was it last episode where I talked about SXOS? Like the um, well, not not just that, but um, the issues with um, videos getting struck yeah, down. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So several videos had gotten struck down by a plethora of different YouTubers, and I, I straight up said, I was like, yeah, this is this is a warning shot from Nintendo. Just everyone be careful. I know, um, like, Tech James, Skullator, um, Billy, I don't want to mess up his last name, so I'm not going to say it, but he's a Jamaican guy. Just all these people who are making SXOS-related videos were getting takedowns. Modern, modded Warfare, and I know several others. Uh, so apparently... The strikes ended up getting reversed, not just for some people, but for everyone. Um, I had ended up getting this from Dark Flare Games, and I'm going to be kind of sharing his Twitter on here. Let me at least share this if I can. But this is in regards to here. He was saying, really interesting, YouTube removed my strike and restored my video for my SXOS review. They also gave me a list of everyone else's videos that were restored, which is really strange for them to notify me of other people's videos. Also, the email was in French. So as you can see, his channel here is now in good standing again. And it says here, copyright takedown request received for your YouTube video. Uh, now, I don't believe he had fought it, but I, I know Modded Warfare and Skullator had ended up filing um, uh, counter notices for theirs. And then here, th this is what I've never seen before. It had a list of, of not just his, but it was everyone else's videos that got, that got taken down, the reason why they were taken down, but it, it was just, to me, it was shocking that they were providing, it wasn't personal information, it was all public, but it was the information of other YouTubers in this. Yeah, I, have, I can't help but feel like that's a bit of an oversight on someone's part. Like, I don't know. That is really unnecessary and weird. Mm -hmm. I, I see no reason that they would actually do that. It's totally an oversight. I mean, I think for whatever reason, they linked everyone else's videos in the same email. And I'm curious if other people that got their strikes, you know, revoked or, um, you know, reversed, whether they got the same email with all the links to other people's videos. You know, I think that's definitely something that they screwed up on because you should never be getting an email saying, hey, we've reversed your strike. And here is um, here is the list of all the other videos that we reverse strikes on as well. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. There's really no context for it, and just again, really unnecessary. And it's not really like you said. It's not like an invasion of anyone's privacy since these are public videos and whatnot. But I don't know. 
really weird. <laughs> I wouldn't want my videos to be shared like that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was strange, but apparently, um, when, when I talked with one of my friends who's pretty knowledgeable with this YouTube stuff, and he was saying that in your content ID manager, if you decide to release all the claims, it can do that. I've just I've never heard of that or mm. seen it though until now. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. Well, should we move on then? Is that all we have to say about copyright and lawsuits and? Yes, thankfully. People getting in trouble. Hopefully, no more. No Hopefully, more no next, more next month. But uh, we do have a couple bits of PlayStation news left still. Like I had accidentally teased. First of all, <laughs> there's a update for the PlayStation Three. There is. So it looks like we're at version four point eight three now. Um. Sadly, one of the two WebKit uh, exploits was apparently patched. So, if you're looking for homebrew, don't update. Um, I don't know if you have a whole lot more on this. It sounds like they might have uh, updated something to uh, VSH, which makes uh, HAN, the homebrew. Yeah, the the ethanol or HAN, just yeah. the uh, essentially the super slim jailbreak right. is what I like to nickname it. So that that may uh, they may have possibly patched what they were able to use to get that going. So I don't know. Um, right now, there's not a whole lot of options. I think. So do you guys know? You probably know a little bit more about custom firmware to official firmware than I do. There are games that are used that have been converted with that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, no. Apparently, um, official firmware to custom firmware games are still going to work, but any of the PSN like package wrap files are not going to work because right. the hand exploits patched. Now, there's no reason that you would need to update, right? That's only if you were running a custom firmware or homebrew enabler and then you did update. Right, yeah. No, if, if you're on 4.83, you can get online. If you're on 4.82 and you have hand, you can still play all your stuff offline at least. Gotcha. Yeah. And now I know that they recently released FIFA 19 for the PlayStation 3. So there are games that are still coming out for it, but I don't believe that you need 4.83 in any situation to play play games. Even the you know the recently released ones that are still being made for the PlayStation Three. Right, right. It's also yeah. interesting that they brought this update out, you know, and um, mm -hmm. and I know the Wii U recently got an update, and the Vita got an update. Uh, it's, Even the PSP a number of months back. Yes. Yeah. I guess they're just, you know, patching up uh, any any holes that they they have and and are kind of being done with it all. But you know, some of these systems haven't been sold on the shelves for a long time, so it's interesting yeah. that they're uh, they're still supporting these in some capacity. Actually, someone joked with me that because I've re recently released videos on the PlayStation Three, the Vita, and the Wii U, and someone joked with me that you know I'm the reason why they're bringing out updates to patch you know security <laughs> holes, but that's not that's not the case. I mean, these things are, um, are in development way longer than you know my videos that have been recently brought out. You're secretly in lieu with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I mean, to your point, there's always going to be like a, you know kind of a an effort or cost reward balance, right? And so if they can justify spending you know maybe a couple weeks working on a patch uh, that might be able to benefit them. Uh, value-wise by having that many people not have access to this in the future, you know, I could e easily see them going for that, you know, if it just depends on how much effort's actually involved. Obviously, the PSP one that I remember happened, that was a very, very light patch, right? 
yeah, like patch the only the primary entry point essentially uh, most of the time these patches end up like removing one or two features on the front end and they're just like yeah we might as well just like lightly patch this other right. thing so i yep. mean uh this is possibly going to be in a similar thing it looks like maybe they didn't just patch the the lightest layer there but you know a lot of times these are real quick fixes and just to mitigate as much as they can right mm-hmm. anyways should we move on to the last bit of uh playstation news here absolutely yeah mvg you want to grab this one here maybe it's a uh... Well, I don't know if you talk about it. Maybe they'll patch it. But maybe we'll they see. will. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'm to blame for this. So we know that uh, the Vita has brought out the uh, 369 update, which does not work with um, H Encore or Hencore, as I like to call it. So uh, the flow has um, has tweeted that uh, he's made some strides in getting uh, some progress on the 369 and uh, we'll see what, what comes out of that. It's very interesting. I mean, this guy is an absolute machine with these updates he's been bringing out. Every time Sony, you know, throws their throws down the gauntlet, hey, you know, we've got a new firmware, he seems to respond in a really good way. So we'll see what comes out of this. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to update from 365, but uh, I'm definitely very curious to see what he, uh, he brings out for 369. For sure, for sure, and it might not even be three six nine. He's. It seems like he just he found it. He's holding on to it, and he said available at end of life of Vita. Gotcha. So let's see if he sticks to well, that promise. And that was gonna be my question: When is end of life at this point? If patches well, are coming out on PSP years and years later, aren't they supposed to stop manufacturing Vita games in like February or March oh, of next know. year? I, I think they are. It's it's by twenty nineteen. Does that include limited run games and and those types of stores as well? Because I I always felt like that limited run... Because, I mean, limited run games is supposedly bringing out a Wii U game. I don't know if you guys heard that. So are they a part of that whole process or are they just basically taking it on themselves? Uh, No, 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 no. Limited run games, I mean, they still have to go through Sony's processes and all. They don't get any exceptions. So the Wii U thing, they said that's just a one-time thing and there's a reason behind it. They're going to elaborate more once it's actually released. Um, But they did say that this does screw up their plans a little bit for some other planned games that they had to release because it's not like Sony's going to give them an exception if they're just like, hey... uh, after April 2019 and onwards, we can't be pressing Vita games. Like, they're sticking to that. Like, not even Limited Run is going to have that exception. Right. Which is a bummer, because I, I love physical Vita games. I kind of... They're a bit of a guilty pleasure. I like to pick up as many as I can. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're so cute, too. That's one thing I've also, like... I've had friends who've commented about. I think, like, my girlfriend and I had another... It's only been women who've commented about it, and I guess <laughs> me now. But, like, they'll see a Vita game, they're just like, oh, my God! It's so cute. It's like a little PS4 game. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, because they're pretty much the same, like, dimensions, right? Basically the box. Um, I mean, like, or a same, like, ratio. Ratio, kind of. I would yeah. say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, whereas, like, a Switch game or something like that does look a little bit different. It's kind of skinnier. Yeah. Um, so I could see that. There is, you know, something to it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a bummer. Um. I think I've moved on from physical games a little bit more than you guys at this point, which is kind of a bummer. And I, I'm not—I've never really been much of a collector either, really. I mean, uh, I don't have a huge video game collection. My my video games were always a lot more sparsed out uh, growing up. So I don't know. Um, 
but it is a bummer for the people that really do like them uh, for yeah. me you know physical games uh, uh, they're dying and and i'm going to support them as much as i can for as long as possible but you know when you buy a, a physical game these days and you have to download a day one 50 gigabyte patch it kind of does defeat the purpose and you, you really do have to question whether the right thing to do is just to go fully digital at that at that point and i think over time things are going to slowly change and you know what i'm hearing now is you know they're running out of blu-ray space on a blu-ray you know dvd to fit an entire game like red dead redemption for example so you know the next move is either come up with some high capacity blu-ray for physical media or just go fully digital and i think they're just going to go the latter i don't think they're going to waste their time with you know high definition or high higher capacity blu-ray Mm-hmm. And, and they absolutely like all these companies have bo- blown past the blu-ray limit for sure it's, it's been years especially on this generation yeah. um, but i was even going to say i mean you have games such as like halo master chief collection where oh god yeah the, pa- the patch the yeah. patch that fixed everything and add all the 4k assets and stuff um it was like a sev- it was almost a 74 gigabyte update now i got kind of curious and because somebody was just like oh how much space does that take up on your xbox one and I looked, and it's the exact same space as the, like, the, the space it takes up is the exact same storage amount as that update, which to me shows that they issued, they, they rebuilt, rightfully so, they rebuilt and retooled the entire game and pushed that out as an update. So now the game that is on the disc is, it's not that it's useless, it's just that's not the one that you're getting. Like, if you're connected mm-hmm. to Xbox Live, you pop the disc in, you download the update, you're literally downloading a whole different build of the game at this yeah, point. right. I do think a good solution to this, which I'm sure it's, you know, harder to actually execute than it sounds, but I think what a lot of people, even in the modding scene, I think they would really enjoy is being able to buy a physical copy and being able to either rip that to your device legally or being able to have some kind of a download code, so you get kind of both. Um, I, you know, obviously that's, you know, utopia, but... I I was going to say that the problem is with that, with the download code, it's like at that point, they might as well just only give, they give you the download code or the physical version, and then when it comes to ripping it over to your device, you are doing that, because aside from the Switch and like the 3DS, and the aside from cartridge-based games... It does like the P- the the Xbox One. It installs the whole game to your drive, and then the PS4. You pop the disc in, and it reserves the storage for that game. And the further you play through, the more it caches onto your drive and installs. So you're already getting those game installs on there. Mm-hmm. It's just I guess you're you're looking for a way to physically buy a game, but not have to pop in the disc. Right, not have that. to use that as a license. So then constantly. I guess at that point, then I the 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 solution would be to have to purchase the physical box and you get the artwork and the manual and everything and it's just a download code in there which we've seen several times now at this point yeah but i mean i know and people people do like the disc and i think there's value in the disc too right if you're in an environment where there is no um say that you don't have internet access or anything like that having the disc if you're in a particular kind of situation could be good but you may still want to rip it if you're depending on what kind of person you have. So I, d- I don't think that's you know the ultimate solution per se. Right. There's still value in having the physical media. I don't know. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I really doubt it. But it'd be nice. X8 was talking about 
bring back two disc games i agree bring back multi-disc games i used to love multi-disc games you get that accomplishment feeling and i think apparently the japanese release of red dead redemption 2 it might come on two discs nice yeah wow we'll see yeah i don't know i'm i'm gonna miss it when it's gone i'm sure i'm gonna regret everything but <laughs> everything it's just it, it'll just mean that retro prices of old older you know physical media games are just going to increase in price because they're not going to be a thing anymore so well, even a shame I even mean, those you know two dollar xbox 360 games that you buy from gamestop will have more value when physical completely goes away yeah i mean how old is the you know nes at this point and those games are still floating around like it's going to be nearly impossible for that in the future unless nintendo still has servers or uh, you know, whoever still has servers for these things to be re-downloaded, which I doubt it. I mean, there's no way they're going to keep these up for 20, 30 years. So, it's going to be a bummer. It's just not a problem. It's like a problem that future us has to deal with. Exactly. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I don't trust Nintendo to keep things up, especially because they, they normally kill off their services early yeah. earlier than their competitors. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, should we move on from that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I guess who should uh, grab this uh, the Xenia stuff that we're looking at? I looked into a bit and comment on it, but um, I don't know. Have either of you guys tried out this emulator at all? I have not. Have you? Yes, I have. Yes, Um, Xenia, Xenia, Xenia. I don't know how you pronounce it, Um, but the uh, the Xbox three hundred and sixty emulator, Xenia, Xenia. is running Halo 3 and it's pretty impressive. I've I played around with it and took a look at it. It is it is coming along very very nicely. This emulator has been around for quite some time and it's been under development for many years. But finally we're at a point where it's actually, you know, plays a decent Halo 3. I mean, I guess it's still considered a proof of concept at this point, more of a work in progress thing, but there is some really cool things to come here which is awesome because obviously emulating the ps uh the the xbox 360 is very very complex so hopefully we'll see where this goes i'm definitely keeping my eye on this one and just as a side note you know the playstation 3 has an emulator as well and that's coming along quite nicely too so i'm kind of looking at both of those at the moment and both of them are looking pretty good and shout out to uh uh, simply awesome he, he makes really good emulation videos about the the more modern emulators so if you haven't checked out his channel take a look at his channel because he he does some really good videos and i know he's got one on on the halo 3 stuff on xenia right now so take a look at the emulator if you haven't had a chance but finally you know um there may be even though it's emulation there may be a way to play halo on your or halo 3 on your pc so that's that's pretty cool yeah not just halo online like actually halo 3 absolutely uh did you guys watch the youtube video from about a month ago that was posted uh in that reddit thread because it looked like it was running at a decent frame rate but there was a lot of graphical glitches and i'm sure that some progress has probably been made in the last months but um it's probably not something that you want to go and play just yet if you actually want to play through the game but it is cool to see the progress coming along they did also say that ODST was working at a similar uh, level 
And they had even, like, got Halo 4 and Halo Anniversary, like, in the very, very early stages. Yeah, and even James in here is saying that Halo 3 ODST just started working today. So they're consistently making really good progress on this right now. Yeah, it's pretty pretty neat to see. For sure. I love uh, this. In- I'm excited about one. it. No, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's definitely something I'm keeping my eye on for, you know, for future updates. And I think, you know, the biggest or one of the biggest things they have to figure out now is the texture loading because, you know, all those textures are being streamed constantly and trying to come up with a good algorithm to deal with that is very tricky, especially with, you know, DirectX or OpenGL or whatever they're using as the graphics API. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with what I've seen so far and I think it's just going to continue to be awesome. So definitely so keeping on my that eye on note- that one. On that note, they are using, so they're using DirectX uh, 12 right now. Yep. And they had started out using OpenGL and quickly pivoted to Vulkan, which we've talked about just a little bit on the show, which I'm a pretty big fan of the idea of Vulkan. That goes Um, back to, uh, that goes back to texture loading. Um, There are some limitations, OpenGL, when it comes to loading textures, is not as good as DirectX when it comes to loading textures and Vulkan is considered the best API to load a lot of textures um, very, very quickly. So I think that's why they made the decision to switch to Vulkan because it really gives you the appropriate level of performance. So it's actually the other way around. They went from Vulkan to DirectX 12. Oh, uh, that's interesting. They said they actually had some, uh, it was a quick win, basically. They were able to get around <laughs> a couple of hurdles and they plan to eventually go back to Vulkan. Yeah, uh, which would also be nice because it opens the door for some cross-platform possibilities because Vulkan is uh, designed with Linux and cross-platform play in mind, which also includes Mac OS uh, and whatnot. But, um, so it's currently running on DirectX 12, but they have stated publicly that they plan to move back eventually. Cool. Yeah, I'm look, again, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I think they've definitely made some some you know groundbreaking stuff and definitely more to come here so like i said we may be able to get halo 3 4 odst running on the pc in some capacity not sure how microsoft's going to feel about it but hey you know right if they don't want to release it then someone else will so which is awesome well yeah. kind of commenting on my last point before this um hopefully this is going to be the kind of stuff that actually helps us preserve some of these uh, digital games i know these came out on disc absolutely you know it's yep. really great to see this you know more modern emulation continue yeah shout out scott pilgrim versus the world for what i mean it's a great i'm, I'm, I'm gonna shout saying, it out yeah shouting that out because we can actually preserve it now you can't buy that game oh yeah, I you haven't been able that. to for yep. years yeah i have actually heard about that yeah and it's such a good game too. I haven't never played it, but I do. I really like the movie, and I've read a couple of the, the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the co- good stuff. The, the comics were better, but still, the game is yeah, really good. That's and pretty unanimous from what I've heard. <laughs> I haven't finished them, but I should. There's quite a few Xbox Live Arcade games that just disappeared, unfortunately. You know, so it's did was... all of uh, the Xbox Live Indie Arcade disappear on 360? Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't get any, well. You, I mean, you can still find them obviously online, but you can't download them legally anymore. Right, right. Well, rest in peace. To I made a game with zombies in it. That game was fun. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, MVG? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I'm oh. thinking of the other one that I liked. It was uh, 
Uh, I got to remember that those, some of those Xbox Live indie arcade games. There were some of the, there was some real good stuff there actually. The the other one I bought, which I only played like once, and I made a video with one of my friends, Tan Squid, about this. But um, it was Apoc Z, which came out during the whole Day Z um, like hype train. Right. And it was it was a very shitty indie clone on Xbox Live, like on the 360, and it was one dollar. And it's, <laughs> it's as bad as you can imagine, and wow. it's so great. Was it? Was it one? Do you guys remember one called Get to the Chopper? Was it something no. like that? Literally, no. it was like the scene in Predator where you had to run the dude to the helicopter <laughs> and avoid a whole bunch of um, monsters and stuff. But it was so <laughs> addictive. Awesome. I mean, like it was a high score type of game. You just played over and yeah. over again. Right on. I don't mind a good arcade type game here and there. No shame in that. No shame. Well, looks like we've only got a couple more topics here. Or few. Three more. Yep. So let's get ahead. Uh, let's go ahead and get going before it gets too late. Absolutely. It's been a long podcast, but it's been solid it, so it far. It has been. I'm not. I'm not complaining with this, but like I just got hit with like a big headache 20 minutes ago. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Is it from the, the length of the podcast? Or uh, just I don't all think, this technology. I, I don't. I, I think just a mix of everything. I don't know. But oh, versus the sound issues and all that, like MVG, we've sounded good on your end, right? Yeah, it's been it's been fine for me, guys. Okay. I'm not sure what the deal is with the. Uh, with the chat I think there. it has to be something with yeah. the signal that we're sending to Google Plus. Yeah. Oh, or not Google, but to, to hang out. Peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rest <laughs> good riddance. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. Before we get to our next topic, I'll go ahead and address this. Brennan, uh, thanks for the donation. $2. MVG and Mr. Mario, one hell of a combo. Oh, well th- I well, would agree. Well, well, thank you so much. I appreciate not only Brennan and Devin, but Devin, I mean. Oh, thank you. It, it, it's no. a good crowd. All yeah. right. It makes me nervous to be around both of you at the same time. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, it's a great time. No, I got to give Devin some love too. It's no, been great. I definitely love having MVG on though. It's a great time every every time he's on, and uh, it's some of my favorite episodes. To be honest, some of the greatest content I think that Mod Chat sees. I would hope so. Well, I appreciate the uh, the kind words there, guys, and thanks, Brennan. Thank you for your Absolutely. kind words. Absolutely. All right, so does anyone in particular want to test this or uh, talk about this, and has anyone actually tried the next topic? Uh, I'll, I'll take this one um, sure. because I have tried it in some capacity. So Dreamcast Emulator uh, Recast brings online back. So the Dreamcast Emulator Recast, which is actually quite an impressive emulator that's been around for a while, finally added online support. So what this means is you can now play Dreamcast uh, Sega.net games online with just your PC and the emulator. So that opens up the door to play games like Fantasy Star Online, PSO, which is on the screenshot there. And this is really cool because I did a video on this actually probably about, not a year ago now, maybe back in January, where you could actually get a Dreamcast back online with the Raspberry Pi and a bit of hackery. And while it worked really well, you know, there's diff- there's a lot of different moving pieces or different parts that you need to in order to get this thing to work. So now you have the ability just with an emulator and an ISO image to get your, uh, you know, your PSO on on, on your PC or on, on uh, whatever you can run recast on. So this is actually really awesome to see. And while I haven't actually played around with this yet, I, this is something I want to take a look at because if the networking works as well as I think it will, It'll be really cool because you can play things like Fantasy Star Online, all the 
the Sega 2K games, uh, Virtual Tennis. I mean, there's so many fun Dreamcast online games to play. And if we go back in history a little bit, you know, Dreamcast came with a built-in modem, which was, I, I, I want to say it was the first consumer console that had online capabilities out of the box so sega was really yeah, kind of revolutionary that they knew what they were they were aiming for unfortunately you know they didn't execute on on the vision as well as they would have liked and obviously when xbox live came around they you know microsoft really ran with that whole concept and, and really owned it but the dreamcast had a good plan and you know it came with the, the built-in modem and then they upgraded to the the broadband adapter which you could you could plug into your to your network and the sega.net service was really the before xbox live was a thing sega.net was their kind of version of xbox live and i remember actually jumping on there you know back in the late 90s and, and playing around with pso and some other games and it worked really well and i recently revisited it when i used my raspberry pi and got my dreamcast back online and um, there are a lot of people that run private servers and, and things like that and the system worked well so having an emulator now that really takes away all that hassle with just playing dreamcast online it's very interesting and uh check it out if you if you like if you ever like playing fantasy star online or if you've never played it before if you haven't played it before it's a i'll say it's like an mmo light um, where it's you know you and three other players can get into adventures in the fantasy star universe it's very um japanese but it's a very cool game to play so check it out i'm going to definitely check out recast and and t uh, take a look at the online i heard it works really well so there are my thoughts that's awesome yeah i never did any play any of the games online but i did experiment with a little bit of the online functionality like i remember i had an email configured on the dreamcast which was kind of nice. <laughs> kind of interesting i didn't really do much with it but it's pretty sweet um i really like how it's just very plug and play it specifically says here zero configuration yeah, I, multiplayer support. i love that that is great <laughs> so i don't know if they're doing this through their own hosted servers or something or if it's peer-to-peer -peer. Peer -peer, it seems like but uh, it's pretty cool. It, I really it, dig it. I, I can only assume it's patching, you know, the emulator or the network code. The net code is, is patching, you know, the, I guess, the the handshaking piece of this. Because if you look at any, if you, if you try to run any Dreamcast game online, it typically will take you through the, you know, give us the telephone number that you're dialing into and kind of the modem stuff. So I'm assuming it's just completely skipping the, the handshaking protocol and just taking you into the TCP IP connection piece, which is what it should be doing because you don't really need to mess around with the, the connection portion of this. Sure. Seems legit. Seems legit. Yeah. No, if it's as effortless as they make it seem here, that it's fantastic, especially since now at this point, if it works as intended, you shouldn't have to do patches and all that and like you know in-depth configuration for every game it should just really be plug and play yep which makes me happy i like it i rock with it i never played fantasy star online but maybe i will now it's yeah. good fun it yeah it's good fun it's uh, the three of us should jump on there sometime and, and i was about to say mod play. chat party yeah I'd be down to, <laughs> yeah i have uh, i have a couple dreamcasts so we'd be good well, this is all emulator only. Oh, derp. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, well, I still have multiple computers, so. Well, I, yeah. I mean, we could still do a Dreamcast party. I'm not opposed. I love the Dreamcast. I so. could have the Dreamcast running with the emulators, okay? Just like, <laughs> give me this. You want to put the that disc works. in the Dreamcast nice and then fire up the emulator. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Something like that. That's what I'm trying to do. Even better with the emulator, you don't have to use the terrible Dreamcast controller. 
Yeah, the Dreamcast controller did not age too well. I love that console, but it is like the most plasticky hunk of just. Ugh. And also, I'm constantly looking for a second nub. Yeah, yeah. For the analog like, stick, like a second analog stick. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm too much of a casual now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure you know retro build or someone is going to bring it back with the right analog stick or or something fancy. That would be sweet. Yeah. One that has actually like a pad on the thumbstick too. It's not just like bumps because wasn't that what the Dreamcast was? It was like literally a bunch of little like hard bumps yeah it was just hard bumps (laughs) i mean at least they didn't like wear down like rubber but still hard bumps yeah well all right are you guys good with that should we go ahead and move on yeah absolutely i think um devin you're you're probably this is this is something different sure than we've covered on on mod chat it's still i would say modding yeah it still counts um but i feel like you're pretty qualified because well you can you can get into it here and you can sure. share your qualifications. So I've, I've talked about this on Mod Chat and even on my YouTube channel, but recently I did switch to the new iPhone XS. It's kind of dirty. <laughs> Mine is not jailbroken, but somebody's is. And so that's kind of what we're here to talk about right now. So it seems like the, I, I've never said this out loud, the Pengu team, I'm guessing. Pengu, I would say Pengu. Uh, they basically have released a, kind of a proof of concept or kind of like information, really. Uh, nothing actually in the public, no exploit, of an iOS uh, 12 uh, iPhone XS jailbreak. Um, and kind of the history behind it, or I guess how they were able to accomplish this from what they say is pretty interesting. And I saw a bunch of people on Twitter uh, that are in the iOS hacking scene that kind of talked about something similar before this even came out. So it seems legit. It sounds like there's some uh, there's something to it. Uh, now, first of all, Pangu hasn't actually had a public release uh, since like 2015. I did not know that. Right, so they've been kind of quiet. Uh, I don't know if they've uh, kind of done anything like this since then, uh, just kind of teasing stuff, but no public release, and they haven't mentioned that they are technically going to release this for sure. Uh, they were just kind of demoing what they found. But basically, um, the new iPhones come with a new architecture version uh, of the ARM spec. It's version 8.3. And that brought in this new uh, pointer authentication code system that was used to help uh, obscure memory addresses, make it harder to do a lot of this stuff. Uh, and it turns out that was actually that itself, the thing that was supposed to mitigate this, was actually exploited and bypassed, giving them even easier access. Oh my god! So I don't know a whole lot more than that. Um, they did have like a little screenshot of a terminal where they kind of showed the actual uh, the host system information, where it said it was an iPhone XS, or basically, and then you had root privileges from the command line. So uh, nothing about Cydia, nothing about uh, tweaks or anything like that. But it's pretty promising, and I'm sure if they figured this out. A lot of other people are working on that stuff too. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, some people can enjoy a really fancy thousand dollar jailbroken phone. I won't be doing it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fine. Definitely not why I bought my phone. <laughs> but now I'm excited to be able to play around with my Pixel 2. I right get into some custom ROMs. Oh, yeah. That because you, you'd had that stock stock for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. So now it's kind of freed up. Right on. Except I play Pokemon Go on it. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. I know that you're not uh, on the iOS side of things, uh, MVG, but do you have any kind of opinion on this? Have you messed with iPhone jailbreaking much? I've never jailbroken an iPhone ever. And I've had iPhones in the past, but I'm a Pixel guy right now. So um, yep. while it's cool that um, that uh, Pangu has reached the XS, and you know, obviously this is something that's very interesting to a lot of people, 
I don't really have much of an opinion on it. I've never jailbroken my too. iPhone. Yeah, I mean, jailbreaking, it, I don't know, it's especially compared to like a Pixel device, like you know, is it's a lot different. Um, if you want to actually hack on your device, Android's the way to go, in my opinion. Absolutely. But it's still very impressive that this happened so early. Yeah. Uh, it just came out, what, two or three weeks ago? Something like that, yeah. So, um, pretty sweet. And even if nothing comes out, I think it's cool. It is a bummer, though, that literally, it's from what, everything I'm reading, the actual an update that is supposed to mitigate this kind of thing was actually the downfall. So I love the irony. Don't you just love it when that happens? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Apple. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, so it looks like we are on, if I've got my updated spreadsheet here, the last topic. We are on the last the topic. Y'all mind if I take this? Dude, go for it. All right. So this is in regards to um, a gentleman named Ahmed the Geek has ended up taking on this project himself, uh, which seems to have picked up some traction. It was linked to me several different times. So this is for the 3DS <coughs> USB cartridge project. And in short, he is trying to essentially create a way where he could just use the cartridge slot directly on here to transfer data and well not only that not only just like to play games or whatever um, but it's definitely proof of concept he's been able to mess around with a few things but the one thing that did catch my eye on here was he was saying that theoretically this all theoretically it's a possibility this could be used for something like a capture card like you take yay custom-made cartridge with a USB port, you pop it in, you plug the cartridge when it's plugged into the system, into your PC, and you can use it as a capture device. I think there's not too much on this right now, but I think this is absolutely fascinating, and I do want to see more, so I am going to be following this. I, I kind of debated keeping this out of here, but I decided to put it into ModChap just because, you know, kind of give this guy a shout out, but also just to have some more people be aware of it. And it seems like there is interest because, as I said, a lot of people are linking this to me. It's pretty cool. You know, you mentioned the capture thing. Isn't there um, a company that will do the the uh, a mod to your 3DS and the Switch to you know give you the ability to do capturing on a digital foundry recently covered it so yes. is is essentially what he's doing what the the company that does the the hard mod capture stuff is it a similar type of um thing that's going on there or is it something else i don't think so it's yeah it's not limited only to um video capture that's what entices me yeah yeah i mean from what i get and correct me if i'm wrong but what i get out of this is possibly one day we could buy like just a custom game cartridge that has a usb slot and be able to plug straight into your just plug a micro usb or something like that into your game cartridge and be able to stream games from there or um you know maybe transfer files or something like that without having to actually have a modification on your system itself so those... Uh, like a hardware modification. Right. Because right. you still need software. Right, right, right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You need a custom firmware or whatever, but you don't necessarily need to have like an actually uh, hardware modified thing. And I know that the 3DSs uh, were, at least some of them, were not that well made or well done and they would fail after a while, especially because of the pressure of the cable and stuff like that tugging on it. There was two... Com- I believe there was two individuals that were doing these modifications 
and um, one of them the the one that was more readily available i don't remember the names it was but, there was uh in exceed here uh mentioned one of them i think he said katsu Ka- kitty Ka- yeah i think Katsu-kitty. it was kitty katsu kitty yeah like a cat i remember uh etika had made a video about that yeah that's yeah. Right. yeah 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 but um no there are uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me <clears throat> i don't know what happened but i'm not dying the um the one that was more readily available was the one where it would just randomly die after a few <coughs> a few months. Gotcha. Yeah. And then the other one that was, wasn't was as readily available where the person kind of retired and stopped doing it, that was the one that seemed to work pretty well and had the better build gotcha. quality. Well, yeah, with this, if your uh, modified game cartridge ended up wearing out or something like that, you could just get a new one. Uh, and obviously the software isn't going to wear out or do anything long term like that so I think if this can be pulled off it would be a really cool approach but the one thing I would be curious about is like data transfer rates right like is the cartridge going to be able to actually like transfer data quick enough to be able to facilitate like video I would think so I mean the resolution of those devices they're pretty low you know especially what what we're used to with you know uh, 1080p 4k resolution so I think it would be more than achievable to do with the res- given the resolution of the 3ds. Same here. Yeah, I, I know that it is certainly slower. Like the cartridge is certainly slower than a micro SD card because that's been demonstrated many times. Um, but yeah, if it's going to be a low resolution, it it should should be fine. Right. I guess we'll <clears> see. <throat> yeah. yeah. And by the way, shout out to Exit. He said Loopy was the other. That's right. Person. That is right. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful because I would totally pick up one of these uh, if, if it came out. Or I even would, too. I, I would even hack away on something like this. Like, I could spare a, a 3DS cartridge, just go get some from cheap from GameStop and mm-hmm. solder away. And I think that would be kind of fun. I was going to say get a copy of Madden, but, like, wait, I don't think Madden was really a big thing on the 3DS, so that <laughs> might actually not be a good budget title to get because I'm sure it oh, would man. be kind of worth something. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what some cheap common one is, but... yeah. Something there, there's got to be plenty of 3ds games that are just laying. I around. mean, it was Cubic Ninja and then Smear. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I, I'm so glad I never had that game because if I would have like I have resold that game like before it became popular, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, I would have been beating myself up so bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's really cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that it uh, some more stuff comes out of it because it's definitely in like more of a proof of concept phase right now. Absolutely. Anything else? No, that's it. AVG? Uh, one piece of breaking news. So, Atmosphere oh. 7.1 was released um, an hour ago. So, Cyrus oh. M has come up with an update that's fixed a couple of major issues in the 0.70 release that we talked about earlier. So, I'll definitely be checking that out. Right on. Very I nice. guess this just proves nothing is perfect on there. But still... We'll see. Do you know what those major issues were? No, I'm just looking at Twitter right now, so I'll I'll okay. dig into it after the show here and take a look. Well, in general, they did uh, say also on top of that that you know this being the kind of the first major public release, uh, they've got everything where they want it to be in terms of like being prepared for rapid iterations and much more quick updates. So right. it's good to see that they're already kind of. Uh, doing that silly question but does atmosphere have a auto update feature because that actually be something like not to meme sx but like that'd be mm. something that'd be really awesome to have in there i don't think so or if someone created i don't know like atmosphere updater kind of yeah. like luma 3ds updater i don't sure i don't think off. it does but 
you know, maybe there's a third party one that's available or something. Mm. Yeah. Hoping so. If not, I'm sure there will be soon. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for the topics this, yeah. this month. Yeah, Holy cow. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That was about, that was over two hours of straight topics there. Yeah. Oh man. That actually didn't go on as long as I thought it would, but this is uh Devin. What time is it now? It's time for Q and A. It is time for Q and A. So for anybody who is still remaining in the comment section, which is actually, we've had a really good turnout tonight, more than normal, I would say. Um, but this is the time where for about 20, 30 minutes or so, we'll uh, answer questions that we see in the comment section here on the live stream. Uh, if you're watching the pre-recorded version of this, I guess you can say, or if you're listening to this uh, in the MP3 version, if you come out to a live show and you make it near the end, then you have a chance to ask a question. So hopefully you can come out to one of those. Hopefully maybe somebody can ask your question and we can get to it. Uh, there is a little bit of a delay that we've added onto the stream uh, just to make sure, you know, nothing's buffering like crazy. But if you all have any other questions, you know, uh, to us about anything, feel free to drop them in here. Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, at this point, I mean, I, I've i said I'm headachy and stuff, but how are you guys feeling right now after two hours of deep streaming? I'm ready to blow my nose like hardcore. It's the first <laughs> thing I'm doing when we get off the stream is you, I'm just going to let it rip. You've been very good about <laughs> that, just like kind of like going to the side. and. Yep. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I think I'm going to take a look at that atmosphere. I'm very curious about it. So I'm definitely going to play around with it. Yep. I really, I've got the urge now, as soon as I get some uh, free time, when I uh, get a couple things knocked out, I'm definitely going to be moving over to the Switch and getting things updated on there. Right on. Yeah, I'm going to need to do that as well, too. Although, the only thing is, I don't know if if we do um, Immunand with SXOS, I don't know if that blows the E-fuses or not, or if they found a way around yeah, it. Yeah, I was thinking I about that. anything about that in terms of SXOS. Yeah, I don't know. I might, you know, I don't know if I really need the newer version that bad because a lot of what I'm doing is just homebrew. Uh, so, you know, unless I have issues, I think I'm going to try and avoid the Immunant for now and hope that an open uh, source solution comes out. Because I would really like to start using Atmosphere or Rain X. Mm -hmm. So, Xeed has a question uh, When will we get a ModChat Plus with MVG? ModChat Plus? What's ModChat oh, so Plus? Know. Oh, so you, don't, you guys don't know about this. What? So, so ModChat Plus was a... No, I know about it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I know so, about it. So, I was just saying it's been a while yeah, since I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, so ModChat Plus is a, I guess, former thing that Daniel and I used to do where we said like, hey, some months we'll do a second episode of ModChat where we don't talk about modding at all, but it's just the hosts. And we'll talk about whatever the hell we want to. And people enjoyed it. It didn't get as many views, understandably, but people did enjoy it. And that was like, if you want to listen to us personally. And... We hadn't done it for a while, and then since Devin came on, which it's been a while, we never did an episode of that. And honestly, I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed either. So, yeah, MVG, if you ever want to come on and bullshit about whatever comes to mind, I'd sure. be down for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested for sure. Let's do yeah. it. I was, I was gonna say at least on my channel, like Mario's Minute has kind of filled that void for me. Which is my other my other podcast I recommend you all check out, which is just me talking about whatever. Sometimes I have guests on, sometimes I don't. Which, MVG, I'd like to bring you on as a guest sometime for that, if you don't mind. For sure, dude. For sure. Maybe I'd love to. Times. I listened to the last well, one with, uh, I don't remember the dude's name, but it was, I, I liked it a lot because you guys were talking about the OG Xbox and 
the Xbox 360 stuff. It was oh yeah, a that lot was of fun. Its, that was its Lupo. Yeah, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, it's, no. it's interesting um, listening to that dude talk because he clearly knows people that I know, but I don't know him personally. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you all probably ran in like I guess you all ran with the same acquaintances occasionally. Yes, that's that's correct. Right on. That's very awesome. Yeah. No. To to any like I don't know old school modding youtubers i guess the last episode of mario's minute i had it's lupo on there so if you were modding on like if you pay attention to xbox 360 modding on youtube between maybe 2009 to 2012 2013 you would definitely recognize his name very cool i'll have to check that one out i'm admittedly a bit behind on the mario's minute it's all good i it's weird i don't i don't expect like my 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 close friends like i I appreciate it when you all listen to them i'm like i don't expect you to listen to them so i actually had a weird experience and i didn't i honestly kind of like brushed over and then i was like i need to actually ask a bit more about this but i was talking about something uh with my a friend of mine and i just mentioned something that we had talked about on last month's mod chat and he was just like oh yeah yeah i know i heard all about that on your podcast and I was kind of like, oh, okay. And then, like, after, like, 30 minutes later, I was like, wait a minute. Does he, like, watch all these? Or, like, was that just a coincidence? Or, like, dang. Like, I mean, most people know that I know, like, in person know about the podcast to an extent. But mm-hmm. it's not something that I just, I don't know. Again, I don't expect people to be watching it. I, I didn't. So, so, MVG, this happened recently where I, I met one of Devin's friends for the first time. And when he met me, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I listened to your show. I'm a fan of it. I'm like, oh, that's, wait a minute. Like I, that was the first time I, I'd been approached with with that before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shout yeah. out Kyle. Yeah, Kyle's right. really cool. Kyle's a big fan. Kyle's good people. Kyle's good people. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on with questions because otherwise we're gonna get behind here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Epic Martin Seven, which uh, shout out fr- Epic Martin. Yeah, friend of the show. Good yeah. to see you in there. Uh, thoughts on the PlayStation Classic. I think you have some thoughts. I, I do, but I don't want to be rude and just like talk a whole bunch of MVG. You go first. Well, my <laughs> thoughts are pre-order confirmed. I'm all about this. I mean, look, I have a PlayStation. I have a PlayStation 2. I can play PlayStation games any way that I want, but there's something about this system that is really appealing to me. So, yeah, I'm, I love it. I picked one up. I can't wait to get it. I can't wait till they reveal the other 15 games for it. I love everything about this and I'm going to get behind it. And one question, what is behind the parallel port slot? Because they haven't really showed us that, have they? I mean, what's the, is it like an SD card slot? Because that's what I'm thinking it is. I feel like there's a way to expand this thing. Like if you go back and look at the trailer for it, the reveal trailer, they, you know, they pan around the, uh, the PlayStation classic and you see, you clearly see the parallel slot, well, the, the parallel port that's been blocked off with the, you know, with the um, the thing that you can pull away, the piece of plastic. So what's behind that? I, I feel like it's some type of expansion, whether it's USB or it's SD card or, or something. So hopefully, hopefully it's something like that. That would yeah. be interesting. I, I don't think it would be an SD card, but I, I also wanted to know what's behind that parallel port. But on topic with this, I am very excited about it. I will fully admit I am a fangirl of the PlayStation. I think it's awesome. I made a video over a year ago talking about me wanting the PlayStation Classic, why I think it should be made, and games that I want on there. And I am really happy that it's happening. There are some shortcomings to it. Like, for example, you know, we don't know all the games. That's a little bit worrisome. Um, the price might be a little bit high for some people. I am disappointed that it doesn't have the analog sticks on there. Um, but the fangirl in me doesn't care. 
Yeah. But I am I am also very biased with that. So for anybody who's just like, oh, yeah, I know it's a shit deal. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm probably aware it is, but I'm just, I got my pre-order on deck already. I want it. Yep. <laughs> Me too. I was definitely, uh, I was ready to buy as soon as I saw it. I'm excited. I mean, I think, and I saw some people ripping on it online, like, oh, this a is such a, yeah. a, not only about, like, what you were saying, uh, you know, whether it's worth the price, but they were saying that it's just a copy of the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic. I mean, no and I'm shit. Like, yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really, if you think about it a little more, you know, the NES Classic and the Super NES Classic, 8 and 16-bit systems that have been kind of brought back to life, you know, with an ARM-based you know emulation and this is going to be arm based emulation as well right it's it's going to be a pretty cheap you know development process to build this thing but we're talking about a 32-bit system you know in a in a classic console and mini console so this is going to be really cool I'm, I'm looking forward to it and sony they know how to emulate the ps1 i mean they've got that shit down they've had that shit down for years and years and years so this is going to be awesome i can't wait for it yep i'm excited I'm way too excited. Yeah, I, I, the the things I've seen, and someone who's messed with the Vita quite a bit and who loves it, a lot of people have said, oh, for the same price, you can get a PSTV and have all this other stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm still aware, but I'm still also going to get the PlayStation Classic cool. because I want God, it. That's not what it's about either. <laughs> it's, you know, same thing with like the NES Classic. Like, you can do a Raspberry Pi. Like, I can do a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Most people could probably figure out how to do a Raspberry Pi. Most people don't want to do a Raspberry Pi. So it's like not a bad thing that the options available. It's it's just it's tapping right into that nostalgic yeah, nerve totally. in your system. And they're not bad consoles or little systems either, right? Yeah. So I have no problem with it. I think it's awesome, and I hope we see more exactly. and more and more of these come out. The, the thing I can tell those people is vote with your wallet. If you don't like it, don't buy it. If you want to support it, buy it. You know one that would be really worth it would be uh n64 classic because n64 emulation is always so sketchy yep. which i'm hoping that will happen and yep. compete with the playstation classic so it'll be like console wars all over again yeah i i think that will get announced probably you know at some point in the neck in the near future that they're gonna they're going to announce the n64 classic i've heard all sorts of things about patents being you know made for it and the controllers being um patented again and yeah, it's it's got to be the next logical thing that Nintendo does. We'll see. We'll see. All right. They better. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get moving on because there's a bunch of questions here. Absolutely. Starting to Thank pile you up. so much for the questions, everybody. Uh, so I'm going to lump two together here. Um, uh, Steven asked, what's the future of mod chips for the OG Xbox? And Custom Mods asked, uh, would you guys want to see the uh, Executor 3 mod chip for the original Xbox to come back? Um, yes, I would. <laughs> Except um, we all know the cost of an Executor Three mod chip on eBay right now. Um, if if for some if there was any way that Executor Three mod chips could come back at the retail price they were back in the day, which yeah, was like fifty or sixty bucks. Yeah, right? I'd, I'd be all about that. I just don't feel like there's the demand for them anymore i don't think it's really something it's very niche these days that you need a, a, yeah. a mod for your xbox especially with the different ways you can you can mod an xbox i just can't see that happening but i mean i'd love to see it i'd love to see executor threes just come back on, on the shelves and, and be available to purchase it would be awesome but unfortunately i don't i just can't see that happening 
Yeah, and, and even even the old game system mod chips that are out right now, they are either you know built by hand by a few people on forums and such, or the ones that are mass produced are the ones that cost absolutely nothing to produce, like the um, uh, like the Modbo Four, the Modbo Five for the Xbox, the Aladdin XT Two Plus. Um, I mean, those are all clones that are out there and. Chinese manufacturers make them because it costs them probably pennies to create each one, if that. And, I mean, they sell them for enough of a markup where it's worth it at that point. But I think since this is like, I don't know, the the, the deluxe, like the premiere, the mod chip of the original Xbox scene, um, I don't know if them selling it for 50 or $60 in 2018, 2019, even if it does happen, um, will really be successful enough to sell a bunch. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. Let's see on here. Let me, uh, well, actually, MVG, do you want to yank a question you might see? Any thoughts about the, uh, so James9937, any thoughts about the RTX? Always wondered if AMD have ray tracing in the next release. So James is referring to the GeForce new graphics cards, the 2000 series, the RTX series. Uh, right now, I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, I am a I am an Nvidia guy. I will say that I have a 1080 in in my machine that I use right now. Um, the RTX thing, I'm kind of on the fence about. I think it's really cool tech that they're showing off, but as far as I know, there's nothing available for it. Like I know Battlefield is supposed to get RTX support but there's really no games available for it. I don't know if that has changed since I last t- took a look at the RTX stuff, but really I want to see more, um, more more things support RTX. Otherwise, it's going to be one of those technologies that NVIDIA kind of unveils, but doesn't really get taken advantage of like physics and SLI and all that stuff that they've tried in the past. So... But I am very interested. I mean, the Battlefield stuff that they showed with RTX looked really cool. Um, so hopefully, you know, there'll be some more cool things coming out there. I, I think with this, because RTX is really being touted and everything, for me, I have a 1080 Ti, and I'm perfectly happy with it. I'm not even I'm not even close to tapping into its full potential at all. So that might be the last video card that I have in my current PC <laughs> at this rate. Um RTX right now, I think it's cool, but it's probably going to be severely underutilized and not optimized properly, at least from what I've observed. Um, Perhaps the next, I'm sure the next generation of RTX will be good, and even the next next generation, um, but since it's really coming out to the mainstream here, it's going to be great for things such as like ray tracing with um, Adobe After Effects and using that in Premiere, but for games, don't really bank on it this generation. I would say it's probably more cost-effective to pick yourself up either a discounted new 1080 or 1080 Ti or see if you can get a hold of a used one that wasn't killed by a miner. For sure, I agree. Miners in Bitcoin miner. Like, not <laughs> not, not like miners not children. under 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's another question. Uh, question for MVG specifically. Uh, what made you start working on homebrew software? Uh, maybe more specifically emulators, but homebrew software in general? Yeah, that's a good question. Really, um, so some backstory about me. I, uh, I've always loved programming and writing code, you know, ever since I was a kid. 
um, when I first got a computer back in the dark ages, you know, in the eighties, I had a Commodore 64 and wrote basic programs and, and messed around. Always liked to tinker with things. And when I saw games being played in emulators, I always wondered how things worked. So, um, long story short, you know, I, I went to, um, I went to school and did a computer science degree. And I guess really the reason why I started doing it, what made me do it is just you know, fascination, curiosity, wanting to know how things work. You know, um, I've always been curious about how how to put something together. So that's really what I got my start on. And you know, the first couple of attempts I had was were pretty bad. But you know, once you learn how an emulator works, or how a, a computer works, or a, a console works, and all the pieces that are needed to to emulate something, um, it does become more, you know. Uh, I guess easier to, to to learn and understand, but really, you know, short answer is just curiosity, and I love to tinker around with stuff. Is really, you know, the answer to that. I would say that's an excellent answer to that. Very nice. Yeah. So, tag media here. Um, what are your speculations about the impending PS2 release of Retro Arch? Uh, we kind of talked about this earlier in the uh, podcast, so I would say if you want to get kind of our full thoughts on that, um, go check it out once it's uh, uploaded here afterwards. But yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty neat and it's cool to see it, but yeah. you know, I'm sure it's going to be pretty limited compared to modern consoles. Absolutely, but I am very happy to see it. I said I want to see a PS1 one now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. man. Zach. Zach. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say real quick, um, shout out to Epic Martin. He just tweeted me this. He was sending me the source. But yeah, apparently here, um, Sony releases a 128 gigabyte Blu-ray disc with a four-layer structure. November 10th company announcement. Um, wow, that's apparently that was leaked out on well, not even leaked really. That's actually from a official, pretty verified account. It's tech reporter for the Wall Street Journal, Takashi. I'm not gonna try and say his last name. Um, Mochizuki. Yes. Let's say that. <laughs> um, either way, though, my, my only it's cool that we see that. My only worry is I don't know if the consoles are capable of using those higher capacity discs. Mm-hmm. Like you might yeah. need a more higher capacity drive. I don't know how the backwards compatibility is going to be on those. Sure. Interesting. We'll see. Well, assuming they can, you know, the good money is get Red Dead Redemption digitally now and then buy the physical you know game of the year release you know whenever that comes out with all the dlc and stuff later on if if you know the 128 gigabyte blu-ray is a thing that you can actually use on a console absolutely we'll see we'll see (laughs) okay so zach number one thoughts on the progress of the yuzu emulator um i track some of that stuff here and there uh, i haven't I mean, tracked it at all so you'd be you'd be more yeah than me on i that. see tweets here and there i don't think anything major groundbreaking has come out recently but i know that um they had some good progress in the last couple months so hopefully we'll hear some good news here up you know coming soon but some of the progress is very impressive especially compared to like what we have seen with uh xenia earlier in the podcast mm-hmm. um so I think they're making a lot of progress. Yeah, agree. I, I, I kind of follow both Yuzu and Ryu Jinx. And both of them are kind of jostling for position right now to be the best Switch emulator. And one of them will, will get like, 
you know super mario odyssey running in some capacity and then the other one will will do it better and so there's a lot of healthy competition going on between the two emulators and both of them work really well so i think again you know like like the xenia thing we talked about it's only a matter of time before we get full kind of triple a switch games running on these on these devices or on these emulators i should say mm-hmm. for sure the amount of progress on the switch in general whether it's the emulator or the actual console since its release has just been so staggering it's ridiculous it's ridiculous how much the homebrew um scene and the you know the lib nx open source libraries how much they've tapped into the api and how much they've already discovered i mean they've they've busted open the graphics the inputs the um the ipc the threading models the usb i mean everything has pretty much been you know blown apart so the fact that they've come so far and got pretty much everything documented and and reversed already is is quite groundbreaking actually Mm -hmm. hopefully it continues to sell well and it has a really strong long life i'm really open so as well too I'm seeing uh, there was. Yeah. A... I've got one more. Oh, go ahead. Go Zach ahead. number oh. two. <laughs> All right. Uh, two Zachs back to back. Zach number two. Is there any kind of jailbreak for the Switch right now? Um, basically, you know, jailbreak hacking it, whatever you want to call it. I think pretty much the main thing there is uh, the Fuse Jelly way of doing things. Yeah, and then pick your custom firmware. Right. So now we've got access to once you get you your little uh, jig. Um, you just pick your custom firmware, whether it's SXOS. Um, Atmosphere was released today, like we had talked about. And, of course, there's also Ray NX. Um, so you got to pick your choice. And, yeah, custom firmware is uh, real strong right now. Truly um, is. Going online with it, of course, still difficult, if not completely <laughs> not recommended. <laughs> but still plenty of good stuff, plenty of emulators out there. Um if this podcast episode wasn't evident enough for sure mm-hmm. yeah i did uh th- this is from uh dintron to mvg but has your psx broken as so as so many others have <laughs> i love the white aesthetic with some modifications it could have been a good ps2 shame about the hard drive drm he's talking about uh this thing right here right I, I, yeah I want one of those <laughs> what's that um, it's, mine oh, is it's the, it's the PSX yeah it's the Japanese like the actual wow it's the, it's it the was, J- Japanese I think I've heard about this yeah it's it's the kind of the, the Japanese DVR with the, yeah. the PS2 uh, mine is still working um, but I'm very very careful with it so the backstory is um, they have very very poor ventilation and they tend to overheat and the problem is the hard drive in these things so that there's a built-in hard drive which is encrypted and believe it or not the encryption as of 2018 as of today's date has not been defeated so basically wow. if your hard drive dies you've bricked your your system and you can't just take another hard drive from another system and replace it uh, although i think you can but there's a lot of hoops you need to jump through to make that work so there's no easy way of basically getting a replacement hard drive and re-imaging it and setting it all up which makes these notorious for breaking down. So the trick really is to, um, 
use as little as the hard drive as possible. And the best way to do that, of course, is just to use like a USB flash drive and a copy of free MC boot or free McBoot in order to play your game. So I, I typically keep away from the hard drive and the and the CD drive because the CD drive also burns lasers. It, it's a, it's a um, DVD burner and a reader as well and there's two lasers in there so typically the the dvd burner laser will will die first um and then typically you'll still be able to play cd games but look it, it's just a tick, ticking time bomb so but mine is still working and i don't know how much longer it will but i i do use it a lot but like i said i tend to keep um off of the hard drive as much as i can because once your hard drive develops some type of error and you can't boot your system it's pretty much just a paperweight at that point. So I, I have to say, I remember when I was a kid, I was reading about the uh, the PSX coming out, and I was just like in awe of it. So like it seemed amazing. Where it was this DVR type system. Of course, you can burn your shows that you had recorded to DVDRs. It was a PS2 as well. It seemed amazing, and I was very disappointed it never came out to the US. Um, I guess one thing I want to know on it, because you've had, you're much more attentive to the video quality. I, mm-hmm. I know about that. And I mean, you know, like regular PS2, like retail systems, like the video quality is really poor on that. This one's a lot better. Um, uh, I, I, I was going to ask how, how, how good, how much of an improvement it is. It, it's really good. I, I typically use it to do my captures on my videos. Uh, the, the quality is, is, is significantly improved. And I don't know what chips they're using internally, but... It, it, it works very, very well. Uh, it's very impressive. And, you know, if you think about it, you know, Sony was very revolutionary with the PSX because it's like what the Xbox One of today is, you know, and they brought this thing out many, many years ago. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a gaming system with a DVR capability. You can capture your gameplay at the same time. You can also watch television. You can record television. You can play video CDs and DVDs. You can burn. There's a CD burner in there as well. Um, you can burn all your gameplay captures to disc as well i mean it's it's amazing that was also the first time the xmb was released too yes that's exactly right yeah first Mm. time the xmb was released it's oh wow and for whatever reason it just completely flopped in japan it lasted about two years i believe was the lifespan of it and they just discontinued it after that point but you know sony being sony i mean they every time that they have a system that kind of doesn't do very well they always take something away you know they've learned something from their mistakes and in this case i mean they learn a lot from the psx the japanese psx and the xmb for one is one that they they used on many other systems you know in the future yeah, you know, I was, cool. was going to say with your Xbox One comment, they even had the DRM before the Xbox One did. <laughs> they absolutely did. Absolutely <laughs> did. That's hilarious. But yeah, um, wow, I'm just s- looking up s- the PSX XMB now, and that's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty slick. Steve Benson's talking about, you know, it's encrypted with a key. Um, dude, um, there's threads on Assembler about defeating this protection, and there are some hardcore encryption people that have attempted to take a look at this with some, you know, level of success, but this is something like the Sega Saturn that has yet to be kind of defeated. 
Although I think the Saturn was recently defeated. Um, I, I have to say, yeah. I have to say though, with that, I think my argument would be the Saturn. It just wasn't put in front of the right guy at the right time. Yeah. And I feel like that might be the thing with the PSX. It's just the right person, much like the PS3 with PS3 exploits. Yeah. We just need the right people on it at a certain time. And I think that's the same thing with the PSX. We just need the right person on the PSX. But the problem is there's there's not that much engagement with it. There's not that much interest with it. Yeah. And there a lot of them are dead. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them that are dead, unfortunately. So hopefully, you know, someone will, will make a breakthrough on it. And, you know, honestly, if, if it's the right person, I'll donate mine to the cause. You know, if it means someone that's very smart with encryption knows how to defeat, you know, the hard drive and basically re-image the hard drive and um, restore a hard drive, I'm all about it. For sure, for sure. Because, yeah, I've even... I've even entertained the idea. If I can ever find one that's even broken for like 25 or $30, I wouldn't mind picking it up just to have as a shelf piece because I think the thing is beautiful. I think it it's is. awesome. Yeah, it's a cool machine. All right, I've got another question here, and it looks like questions are honestly slowing down. So Which That's good. I'm, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry and, and, and tired <laughs> all nine yards. Do you guys want to call this one the last one, uh, or do you want to try and grab one more after this? I say two more. Two more. Okay. Two more questions. Bold. Dentron, Dentron, Dentron. <laughs> I kind of like that. Dentron, uh, I have a question. I have an annoying issue with my Switch. The kickstand is crap and breaks off. Uh, not exactly, probably breaks, but uh, disconnects. Uh, just if someone brushes past it, it's something that I think everyone who has a Switch knows um, isn't the most stable thing. Do you have any good replacements? Which is something I've never really thought of. I don't see why there could be replacement. I I would say no. The The way my, my kickstand got to be pretty flimsy and the way I got mine fixed was to send my whole fucking Switch into Nintendo one of the 80,000 times I had to do it when they it's replaced crazy. everything on there. Um, when Toys R Us was going out of business, they had a bunch of replacement kickstands and I almost bought one. But when I was in the store, I looked up reviews for them. I don't remember the brand, but they didn't get very good reviews and it doesn't seem like it's anything hard to do. But I I really don't know if there's a good kickstand replacement out there. So, I, I mean, best of luck, I would say, like, look up reviews. The system has been out for well over a year at this point. I would think that there are good ones out there. But maybe, I don't know, buy like a five-pack of them from China or something. Yeah, and it could be one of those things where it just needs the right fit. Like, one kickstand might be looser than others. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I have two switches. One of them has a really good kickstand. The other one is a piece of crap. It just—I mean, you look at it and it just falls off. You know what I mean? It's that—it's that bad. <laughs> yeah, I think mine's held up pretty well, though I haven't compared it with my secondary switch. I don't even know if I've ever used that kickstand to be honest. Hmm. So, so none of us have recommendations for a new kickstand. Sorry, nope. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got—I see a question here. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. Retro game mods. I'm picking up a Switch Friday. Uh, where is the best place to start modding? Seems like YouTube videos and guides are all over the place. I have a pretty solid recommendation. Go ahead. I would say if you want to get started, you don't really want to get kind of like full overview in a really detailed, concise way, rayinx.guide. Uh, you're going to get started on a, going all the way to a custom firmware, a one-stop shop, and they talk a decent bit about uh, Fuse Jelly and kind of the tools and stuff needed to actually get started on exploiting your console from the very beginning. 
So that would be my recommendation. Do you guys have anything else? I would say GBA Temp. They usually have some pretty good guides. I mean, they typically will have something pinned on the top of the forum that says, you know, newbie's guide to hacking your switch and, and really walks you through um, the whole process. So I would say start with start with GBA Temp, do some reading, uh, and then you know complement that with maybe some videos but you're right i mean you can get you can get lost in watching videos on how to how to do stuff and just get completely overwhelmed with with everything especially the ones that say oh this is really easy to do you just need to do this and but you don't really understand the context of why you're doing it so for me gba temp uh jump on uh the forum there'll be something on there for sure also good and I was I was gonna say probably my it sounds like we all have different recommendations then which isn't anything bad but I would probably say the switch hacking Reddit um, normally they have like you know like dummy Q and A's where if you have a bunch of questions you can ask on there I think they probably have stuff pinned as well too this depends on where you wants to go I would say the guide but the only guide out is uh, the Ray and X guide which works great for Ray and X. Um, but I'm sure, like, the actual, like, switch.hacks.guide site will be updated once uh, Atmosphere is more fully fleshed out and such. Well, I was going to say, you know, I'm sure it's not updated yet, but with Atmosphere actually being publicly out, I think that was a big hang-up on it not actually being updated. So we might actually see an update to switch.hacks.guide mm-hmm. here soon. For sure. Yeah, I- I'm hoping to see that. Because it's not like the guy is just, like, you know, away partying or whatever. He's he's kept it up to date. Like, whenever, for example, like, when, when the Vita stuff dropped, he immediately put out a guide. And when things were being updated for that, he was updating the guide as well, too. I really think he was just holding out for atmosphere. Yep, I agree. Yep. And even here, uh, from, it says version table and kind of their getting started thing. From version 3.0.1 to 5.0.2, uh, wait for custom firmware. So his guide hasn't even been touched since 5.0.2 was the latest Oh, yeah, firmware. that's also true. <laughs> but, I mean, it's very clear, like, we're waiting for custom firmware. We know, I think I think he's mentioned even something about Atmosphere coming out. Right. Um, so I think, I'm, I'm guessing that's what we're waiting on. Right, right. So hopefully we'll see something soon. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think we're about ready to wrap up. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot of more questions, so yeah, I'm I'm ready we to wind every. <laughs> Say what? We answered our two. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, MVG again. Thank you so much for coming out to this show. It's been a blast. Now, where can people find you online? You can find me at Twitter at Modern Vintage G, Facebook Modern Vintage Gamer, and YouTube, of course, Modern Vintage Gamer. And thank you guys for having me on the show. It's been a lot of fun as always, and uh, thanks to the chat for hanging out. Um, had a lot of fun no problem no problem yeah no it's it's absolutely been it's always a pleasure having you on so yeah. and really appreciate it yeah time. seemed like a pretty busy person so it's nice to be able to get you on here again uh it's like i mentioned just a little bit ago it's definitely a blast and some of my favorite episodes likewise yeah it's been awesome guys thank you so much for having me back awesome. no problem no problem yeah no we'll have to do this again soon for absolutely. sure absolutely <laughs> maybe matcha plus in the future absolutely yeah It'd be an awesome way to bring it back. Yeah. So I myself and Mr. Mario, of course, if you're watching this in video form, you're seeing it on the Mr. Mario 2011 channel. If you're listening to it in audio form, uh, you can check me out at just on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, of course, Mr. Mario 2011. Uh, this is where we do our monthly show, of course. I also have Mario's Minute, which is kind of my personal type thing. And then I do other modding goodness and all that as well, too. 
Uh, Mod Shop, thank you so much for the $2 donation. We don't need it, but very much appreciate it. Cutting into the outro. Cutting into the outro, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There, there is one thing I would like to ask. There's, there's one video recently I ended up recording this week, and I've got to edit it and put it out and everything. And it is where my best friend Sean and I, one of my best friends, we, we end up going to a old Toys R Us. And we were just going to do it for the memes. But about halfway through, we end up getting a tour of the places of the store that we weren't able to access normally. With this turned into a Halloween shop. Anybody who's listening right now, I would very much appreciate it if you all check it out. It's like one of my favorite videos I've done in a while. So that's dropping next week. Sounds good. I can't awesome. wait. Awesome. I can't wait. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Devin, what, what about you? Where can, where can people find you? Well, I don't have an awesome story like that to uh, preface this with. But you can find me online on Twitter and on YouTube at Paranoid Coder. Uh, I make some videos here and there. Um, I just uploaded a video not too long ago about my Android 9 uh, impressions. So you check it out. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, my first time messing with some B-roll, so just stepping up my game just a little bit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I play around here and there. Uh, and yeah, Twitter is mainly where you can find me if you want to actually chat. Perfect. Well, I think also, guys, before we fully outro... I, I toy around with this on Mario's Minute. It works pretty well there. But for anybody who is now watching the pre-recorded version, like this is done, it's streamed, it's processed, and whatever, um, what would be a good keyword for them to drop in a comment to know that we made it until the end? Oh, man. I'm not the creative type. This is <laughs> tough. MVG, you got an uh, idea? I, you put me on the spot. Um, a good keyword... I don't know. What are you thinking there? I mean, I, I was thinking of a food, but I see people talking about this near the end here in chat. How about dolphin? If you are watching this, like the oh. pre-recorded version, mention the word dolphin in your comment, and I'll know that you watch us and made it until the end. What do you think of dolphins? Do you think that we should not let them in SeaWorld? Do you think that we should treat them better, or do you like the GameCube? Get emulator? rid of SeaWorld, man. Get rid of Fuck SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to come in here like uh, Haunted Deals for Vets. I don't remember what his actual... Joseph Urban. That's yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. It's fuck SeaWorld and fuck Russ. Now people are going to be sending <laughs> us that instead. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Proved. Yeah. All right. All right. Should we go ahead and sign off? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for watching. Uh, we'll see you guys next month on Mod Chat. See you later, MVG, and have a good one. Thanks, fellas. Hey, no problem. This is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone.